Connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. This is Marguerite Bennett, a writer of DC's Bombshells for Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nurse Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is James. Is back. Zach is still here. Brad is not here. I'm not. <laughs> oh no, I was trying to think of something clever. I mean, you like you just woke up. Maybe yeah. you're not in the right frame of mind. You're a mirage. I, I haven't slept in like two days. Yeah. So oh. I'm, I'm barely hanging on. That's right. Your wife could be annoying you. So we're My buying this house. Fire. Oh, great. Here we go, everyone. So, yeah. So we're buying this house. <laughs> and I I asked her, um, <laughs> she wants to paint the house, you know, inside. Yeah, yeah of course. Whatever. It's fine. And I said, it did, did they already, was the, was, is it, does it come painted white or something? No, it's actually, they've painted it and it looks pretty nice. But Laura wants to add her own colors. Yeah, of course. Whatever. So I said, so. Just some accent colors. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. So she said, "Well, I'm going to paint our bedroom purple." I'm like, purple? What? <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing, or just a color, just a wall? No, the bedroom purple. The whole, the whole room. Yeah. Okay, wait. It gets better. Well, maybe wait, if wait, it's wait. Like, it gets better, guys. Dark, a, wait, dark purple or <laughs> if, like real light? Yeah, if it's a purple said, like, closer a to gray. Yeah, that what? might be okay. No, that's like <laughs> super dark. No, it's weird. And I told her, I, and, and so she then she wants to paint Kellen's room green. What? So I said, so you're going to have plum green. Then she wants to put gray and pink in the dining room. I'm like, pink? Ooh, gray and pink. Well, I mean, yes, she should. There, there should be some pink in your house, but it like accent walls. Paint things. There should not walls. be pink in our fucking house. I'm a, I'm a big fan of accent walls. Like, goddamn cop. We don't like pink. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> one. Like if one room of your bedroom was was plum, that would work. Like if it was white, and then you had like a plum wall. And then, like one of his rooms walls was so. Clean. So she's then, she's mad at me because I was getting mad at her because she's treating it like it's some fucking secret. I said, "Well, what are you doing? What are we? What are you doing?" Because so why she, don't I have a say? In yeah, what color so my house she is. wants to close. We're closing on Thursday. She wants to go in there and paint on Thursday, and they're moving us on Friday. I don't care. That's fine. But I was like, "So what are we doing?" And she's like. Eh, eh. Why don't you just trust me? I'm like, I don't fucking trust you. <laughs> Tell me what it is. <laughs> because it's my house. <laughs> like, just trust me. Just trust yeah. me. And then she's saying that uh, there's orange baseboards in the house. I'm like, what the fuck house are you talking about? I pulled up the pictures. They're like this dark, like white. They're like a kind of a cream. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's saying the kitchen's yellow. It's like white. And there's this like orange uh, 
I can't even dis- like it's it's like a runner around it. It's not it's like half the wall, not even half the wall. Mm-hmm. Backsplash, I guess. Yeah. So why the, is she sending you pictures? Like, didn't you guys look at it together? No, we did. But she's I don't think she remembers it right. But I mean, I can even pull it up on my fucking phone and the. <laughs> In the Realtor app, and there's no color is what she's talking about. I don't see the orange, and I'm not James. I know what colors are. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was like, What's, this is what you, what you really need at this time, point is to be colorblind, because it's great. Like, when Brooks and I talk about wedding colors, I just look at her and go, like, just pick whatever you want. I can't see it anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so when I say do whatever you want, then I'm ending up with a plum fucking room. Yeah, well, but, that's and, crazy. And, and that's fine. And I... Here's the thing: is I don't care that much. I just don't like that she's weird about it. Why don't she just fucking <laughs> right. tell if me she what said, she's like, doing? Oh no, I really like plum, and here's why. You'd be like, I don't love it, but all right. Yeah, and that's <laughs> the thing: is like I had to like, I guess not yell at her, but say, "What are you doing? <laughs> tell me what you're doing," because I don't understand. You telling me that it's going to be purple? I picture like uh, that ugly purple, like kind of whitish, not lavenderish yeah. purple that I fucking hate. Yeah. And I couldn't stand a whole room being that That's color. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be that. I know. Even though she says plum. I know. And then like, I told her there's no cohe- there's no cohesiveness. Plum, plum would be dark. So you want per- plum in our bedroom. You want the dining room to be gray and pink and the like. Gray beh- weird. Why gray? Uh, dark gray? That's so old people-y. Yeah. I don't even pink know. Pink would be like a bright pink accent wall would be cool. So that's so there's gray wall and then there's a shelf that has a wall behind it. Oh. And so that's what she's going to do. And then she's going to make Kellen's room green. I said, so like just gonna, every room is going to be a different color? That's fucking weird. I know a lady who, if you just painted it like like white for now, I know a lady who would paint your paint his room like with a mural. Yeah. It's like walking down the main street in uh, a Tim Burton movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she's doing to you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it totally is. Like all the ceilings. Oh, she, oh, what if she just paints all of the ceilings like black? Black and white stripes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd die. I love I mean, I'm buying another house. Yes, like every no, every ceiling like one. You burn one, that one down and one, buy a new. House. One of it's one of one of them. The ceiling is black and white stripes. One of them it's black and white polka dots. Another one it's like a black and white like like circles. You know, movie like, magic. Like when you oh, right above the bed. So you wake up and you look up and it's like there's a black and white ripple effect on your ceiling. Oh, I you might literally have a seizure. All yeah, right. Well, so, thank you for coming to group therapy, yeah. guys. Um, one week, one week, Ryan shows up and he's like permanently cross-eyed, and we're like, "Oh, you've been hanging out in that house for too long." <laughs> no, and the thing is, is like you know, you love your wife so much, and you just sit there and you're like, "Why are you so weird about it? <laughs> Why are you so weird?" I don't. That's pretty that, much, isn't that pretty much marriage in a nutshell? Is just it asking is. each other, "Why are you so weird?" It is. I just don't. I, I just sit there and go. See, Brad, now we know, now we know we're actually sane. I, you know? love your wife so much, and you just go, why are you so weird? That's what I mean. I just don't understand where there's this holdup where she's not telling me what she's doing. <laughs> and then she tries to explain it to me, and I go, what, what are you talking about? Those colors don't exist in that house right now. So, no, I don't trust you that this is going to be a plum color that's going to show up in our house. Do you know what plum color looks like? <laughs> But uh, here's also a lesson for the guys who are going to get married soon and then aren't married yet. Uh, instead of arguing with your wife about you don't understand what she's trying to do and this is stupid, just say yes. Because it doesn't fucking matter. Because at the end of the day, she's going to paint it whatever she wants. And I don't know how she expects us to see we close at two. I don't know how she expects us to get it done in a day and then yeah. move in. Then so it's gonna, it's gonna, well, if, if you're actually painting every room of the house, mm-hmm. A, it's going to take a long time. Want to call my time. wife and tell her that? I've painted a lot of rooms in my life. Me too. Yeah, call my wife and tell her that. I'm Especially gonna, if you're painting it that dark, because you're going to need multiple coats of every color. It's like I, 
see, this is why I should be married to James. I told, <laughs> I told my, I told my wife, I said, you're gonna, ha- you, we should yeah. really get a primer because is is it? Oh yeah, 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 no, you you absolutely need a primer, co- and then you probably need two of dark colors like that. Exactly. If you want the color to actually look like you, like it does. You need at least two coats. That's why she just needs a guy. Because yeah. when I say that to my wife, she's like, no, you don't. It's dark. No, it's not. No, 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 no. You know no. what? Okay, see- so welcome, welcome to this week on Paintcast. So the way <laughs> colors work, especially paint, is that you actually do see through the coats. So what you should do, if it's a dark color, you want a dark primer, and then you want probably two coats of the paint. Mm-hmm. You're to actually get it to from match. Bob Ross right now. Yeah, to actually get it to match the mm-hmm. color. Um, otherwise, if you just put one coat over like a, a very light color, mm-hmm. you're going to have a really faded version of that yep. color. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she's, well, and then she's you, gonna, I already then, know that. Yeah, thank you're, you. You're going to really hate the color that you chose. I mean, no, I'm le- not going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are because you're, you're going to hate it because, A, you already hate the color, and then she's going to complain all the time about how the color doesn't look right. And you know what? But he's going to internalize it. She's not. She's exactly. going to externalize it. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is I call this the slow burn Aww. because eventually I will be right. <laughs> And, wow! And yeah, it, go uh, ahead, play that game. That's fun. No, no, it is. It is. It's my favorite game to play with my wife. <laughs> it's I will tell her something and she will disagree with me, and so then I just sit back and I let her do it. She doesn't listen. She doesn't. She won't know. So I just sit back and I let her do it, and then about a week, two weeks, year, whatever long it takes, I'll be like, "Hmm, that was right." My wife hates it because I get really smug about it. Oh uh, yeah, because well, because to be fair. Uh, on this podcast, for example, you know, you get to like tell the stories about the, the many times that you've been right. This is probably one of them. But you get it, to tell it's the not probably James. I'm of gonna the be many right. t- of the times you've been right. There is no other side of this. So the many times you've been wrong are also not being many told. times I've been wrong. Whose fucking friend are you, James? I'm just saying, hers too. I know. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I just imagine like in a different world, Brian uh, would have been working for Milton Bradley and he would have made a board game called I Told You So. <laughs> yeah. No, it's slow burn. It, here's the thing, Zach, is you don't have to say I told you so. You <laughs> but, just sit but back. You really, but you want you, to. You sit back you? in with your Arnold Palmer. You're in your recliner. <laughs> You're watching Jack Benny and no, your wife, no, 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 no. And your wife will have a look on her face and you just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. It just hit her. The light bulb just went off. And you go, yep, yeah, I was right. I also think yeah. that you should know that um, I take odd jobs now and for $12 an hour, I'll help. <laughs> $12? You want to pay for 12 bucks an hour? Fuck yeah. yeah. You can come on over. Yeah. Come uh, on over. He's going to pull, he's gonna pull a Tom Sawyer and make me As I say, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, you kind of did. All right, 12 bucks an hour, sold. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. For, for like 100 bucks, you just got a day's labor. Part of it's the entertainment of watching you two fight. <laughs> um, you know, my wife actually really don't fight. Yeah. Addition to the Tom Sawyer bit is just make him whitewash the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I just... And make him refer to you as Aunt Polly. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I love my wife. She's a wonderful lady, but I will be right, and um, she will be wrong. And yeah, when she talked about painting, I thought it was like you were painting a room. No. Yeah, I thought it was like, you know, because... Yeah. No, she also has curtains she once picked out. I'm like, gee, Do Christmas. you know you can do that shit when you're in a house? You can? Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't know. Yeah. I was going to say, you could just like not unpack your stuff and just shuffle it around as you do each of the rooms. Like, well, not when you have like a, a two or three year old, yeah. Um, and that's... Cause he's he's going to be like, oh, a box I can play with, you know. Uh, Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. So... Will Paintcast be invited to Denver Comic Con next year? Or is that not geeky <laughs> well, enough? Hopefully. I mean, well, we'd have to start now because we have to have a year worth of podcasting. <laughs> and we also have to make sure that we look really professional, okay? It's very true. Very true. I don't know if you read the email. <laughs>
professional and walks around the con floor in jeans and a polo. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't uh. saying... He wasn't saying a specific. He's giving pointers to everybody. Sure. To the peon yes. media people. Next but year I'm going to oh. wear a tuxedo. <laughs> but don't worry. Um, oh, that's a hey, good he's idea. He's not going to answer the <gasps> dumb questions, the little ones, because like that's not his job. Yeah, it's not his job to answer the dumb questions. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah. Well, we used to be Real Nerds Podcasts. <laughs> I don't know what we are now. <laughs> don't worry. He doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, no, he, 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 pro- he, he probably stops us. As soon as he hears Denver Comic Con, he's like, oh, good. And who are we talking about? Who knows? Good. Right. Free publicity. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Go ape or go home. Stay tuned to the end of the show where we will review the movie and uh, we'll tell you if you should see it or not. And then when we're done with that, we will spoil the film. Um, this week is a special week on Real Nerds Podcast. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but this is the last week for Art House Asshole. So here is the final Art House Asshole. I love Art House movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. What's up, nerds? Henry giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week we watched It's Only the End of the World, which is Javier Dolan's new film. Uh, Bernard Kahn's last year to very, very bad reviews, actually. Or I wouldn't say bad, but I'd say very mixed uh, reviews. A lot of people claiming this is his worst film ever made, and I, personally, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think this is—it's definitely not his best film, certainly, but it's definitely—I wouldn't call it his worst film. It's uh, somewhere in the middle, I would say. Uh, but anyway, that's this week's film. Uh, it's also, uh, I think, Friday was the uh, one-year anniversary of this show. I've been doing this for exactly a year now. I think I have like—I don't know—I think I have like a. Fifty-five reviews that I did with it's not fifty-two just because I have I did the secret reviews as well. Uh, next time I'm on the podcast, I'll bring like stats of like the average rating and most well received and poorly received reviews and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, uh, so it's the one year anniversary. This is also the last art house asshole because uh, I have this problem where I just can't do things for very long. Uh, I like to change things up so. This is the last episode of Our House Asshole. I'll still be doing it. Uh, occasionally, it just won't be a weekly thing. I think uh, when I go to festivals, like when I go back to New York Film Festival in the fall, and when I go to Tribeca in, uh, in the upcoming spring, uh, I'll still do reviews then. But I think that's what Our House Asshole is going to become, is going to be primarily advanced screenings, because uh, those are the ones that people really are interested in. And there's also just this very big, uh, just, just in general, lack of interest Uh Especially in the summertime and in the spring, because there's just not a lot of art house films out at the moment. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I might be starting a new series next week. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it, but I think uh, you'll like it. If I do end up doing it, I think it'll, it'll be fun. So, But yeah, that's uh, Art House Hustle this week, and I'm glad to have done this adventure with everyone. And uh, I hope you guys have liked all the reviews. If you want, you can. they're always going to be there. So, hope you like them. Bye. So before you guys cry and be like, oh my god, is Did Henry, Henry die? No. Uh, Henry's going to be changing his art house asshole to a more fun thing like Grand House movies, which sounds really cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's uh, weighing his options right now. So Totally fair. The last one is called It's Only the End of the World, which I've never heard of and I'm sure it's really boring. That's an appropriate, <laughs> appropriate title film for a final article. Yeah. It's been a fun run. If you, uh, if yeah. you haven't read any of his articles, go read all of them. Yeah, now. he has a lot of you them. You have a lot to go read now. Um, yeah. 
hard to criticize the only guy who writes on the site. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> keep on going, Henry. You're doing great. Uh, but we should say there is new content every week on the site. Our shows are always on the site. Yep, every yep. week. Every week. It's almost like we started a podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, I remember when we bought a what like a website design where we would have free range to post so many different kinds of articles and then we just didn't hey, for a while it was exciting <laughs> well i mean uh, i mean i could you know get some help i'm I, the one who posts on twitter posts I, on facebook i reviewed like three shark movies <laughs> i run our instagram account <laughs> i need to i need to boot back up the clint eastwood saga so. yeah i can i can only do so much guys Fuck. i've been working on our mm-hmm. publicity mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we're yeah we're, we're waiting for another shit show review <laughs> all right asshole <laughs> Uh, maybe there's a good one coming out on DVD this week. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. I would do that for a segue, but we actually got fan mail this week. So. No, that's right. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, by actually, I mean, this is one we're actually going to speak of. So we get a lot of fan mail, and I kind of sort through them, and I pick the ones I like the most. <laughs> it's mostly spam. It's mostly credit card applications. <laughs> uh, what about that? These people love me so much, they want to give me credit. What uh, about that Nigerian prince? I'm no. actually a fan. <laughs> I got... People that want to be on the show, fan mail, trailers that people want us to watch. You guys, uh, you guys may not actually know this because I don't know if I've ever told you this, but since since our my address is the like real nerds podcast address, we actually do get a lot of mail. It's just mostly for like Square readers and credit card applications. Nice, but anyway, oh, we can have a real nerds credit card. Yeah, <laughs> well, and all the free like Xboxes that all our fans send me. Nice. I guess I should share that, dude. I want an Xbox One S. What's the new one called? Uh, X. X. Oh, the Xbox, Xbox One X. It abbreviates to Xbox. It's Xbox, Xbox is One so X. Hey, when's the last abbreviates- Xbox game that you really want to play? Uh, No, there is something coming up. I Cuphead, actually, I think, um, looks cool. Yeah, Cuphead looks dope as hell. Man. Yeah. And the, uh, as soon as they actually got that, I think they locked it down because they were like, Ugh. And then, oh, yeah, because, I mean, for every seven PlayStation games that are exclusive, there's maybe one Xbox game. That you want to play. Yeah, but well, who else wants to play it though? Well, there's there's games on Xbox that are, like weird people like playing. Yeah, what you games? Know, like those Madden people. I'm asking. I mean, Madden's not only Madden's on, Madden. on every platform though. I know, but I'm just saying there's those kind of people. You know, <laughs> you know the kind of people I'm talking about. Those ones. What do you mm. mean those people? You know those Halo people. Yeah, but Halo hasn't had a game come out what, in three years. Yeah, but I'm just saying there are those people. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Xbox sucks. They're out there. Good for Xbox though. If you like an Xbox, you can get the next step in the Xbox family. Xbox 10. It's the Xbox. X- Their naming conventions are worse than Fast and Furious. I know. It's so bad. Expo 19. Ex- <laughs> but that's the thing. It's not an X-Bone anymore. It's like it's an X-Bone 10. No, I said X-Bone. X-I-X. Never mind. <laughs> Roman numerals. Uh, th- right. This week's fan mail is from Corinne, and she's a real writer, so... Ooh. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? Stop And we're waiting for you to just, write something. Just blink once. Come that's on. What happens when you get a degree, James? You get judged. I, that's why I chose to drop out. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm cultivating talent. You are. You're doing a great job, James. <laughs> Thanks. And I really like your shirt today. Thank you. It has like a biohazard symbol on it. I though. bought it at Cabela's. Nice. What yeah. You, what are you doing in Cabela's? I I'm marrying somebody who goes to Cabela's a lot. So oh, all right. <laughs> I started going there a lot. You know, you can get shirts that are pretty decent there for a oh, decent, yeah. for an all right price. That's where I get uh, my handgun stuff. <laughs> oh. Welcome to Cabela's. I, what are you doing I here? I really wish you had just stopped at handgun. Mm. That's where I get my handgun. <laughs> James walks through the Cabela's front door and the, the siren just goes off like, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do like about Cabela's? They always have those 
goofy like novelty foods oh yeah it's, like flaming hot popcorn kernels You're like what is this i don't know <laughs> oh yeah their checkout lines are the most bizarre it's like it's like what i imagine a walmart in southern alabama checkout line looks like where you you like <laughs> you have all the weird snacks and 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 things from like 1960s south yeah uh, it's very bizarre i it's, when, it's like one of the last bastions where you can find neko wafers and i don't know why <laughs> when i got uh my handgun for work i was in the checkout line i was waiting you know because when you get a gun they actually have to clear you and stuff oh, so yeah. i'm just in there waiting i'm looking around and they have just this display of moon pies so i'm like mm, i'll go get some yeah <laughs> and so on my receipt for my handgun it's also three chocolate moon pies that sounds wanna... like the re- that sounds like the weirdest like it's either like the re- the receipt of a child or a murderer See, they also have like these little mini pecan pies yeah that i don't know if they're any good because uh, i'm not sure are they good they're pecan pie i don't know but they're pecan pies i know but they're packaged so they yeah. can't be that good you know what they got in them pecans and molasses that is true I'm just thinking about it now, like Ryan Frost in the Moon Pie Murders. Nice. I really wish, I really wish that was something you had to get reimbursed for, so you had to turn in the receipt. That would be, like, be sweet. Okay, I just need you to reimburse me for the handgun, but I'll pay for the Moon Pies. No, I want to be reimbursed. I think it was like a dollar seventy nine for three of them. Oh my goodness! I think they are like sixty nine cents each. Yeah. Pretty cheap. I've never eaten one. No, no. What? Next time I go to Cabela, should I get a Moon Pie? Fucking a. Okay. If you want Picking marshmallow chocolate covered, it's and, like kind of in a graham cracker kind of. You thing. had yeah. me, you had me at if you want. <laughs> you had when I was in it. Tennessee in Lynchburg, I'll, I'll eat it. in Lynchburg, Tennessee, we went to the Jack Daniels Distillery, and cool. when we were done in the little Lynchburg, Tennessee Square, is a really cute little town. But they have this whole moon pie like gift uh, shop, mm-hmm. and I have a camouflage uh, patterned moon pie hat that I'm very proud of. Oh, cool! And yeah, but in there they they have a bunch of different flavors. That I've never seen before. And a big thing in the South, and especially in Tennessee, is RC Cola in a moon pie. <laughs> so it's kind of like their, uh, fuck, I don't even know. Uh, whatever dessert and drink you want to put together yeah. is the Tennessee one, because RC Cola is if from they're, Tennessee It's their well. Fago and Pop Rocks. I don't know if that's a thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I something. it could be. Who knows? Uh, anyways, back to the fan mail. Yeah. Got a lot of trails today. Fan mail! Um, this is from Corinne, and oh, she cool. says, Hey, nerds, I watched A Gentleman's Agreement on Netflix last night. I wanted to share my thoughts about it with somebody, so I figured I might as well email you guys with my review. <laughs> She's like, um, let me, let me listen. They got nothing yeah, else going on. Yeah. I like how we're a last resort. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gentleman's Agreement is a film from 1947 starring Gregory Peck as a reporter who was assigned a story of anti-sentence. Semitism <laughs> to get a proper fill for the real story. Mm-hmm. Cool. Peck's character tells everyone that he's Jewish and experienced some of the discrimination against Jewish people firsthand. Mm-hmm. I feel the film suffers from pacing problems. Sometimes <laughs> scenes end and begin with no rhyme or rhythm. Oftentimes fading out at at might out at might are seemingly important moments. However, in its defense, this film has a lot of ground to cover and has less than two hours to do so. I couldn't believe how much had happened, and I checked to see that there was still 45 minutes left. What really stuck with me about this film is how incredibly relevant and powerful this movie is. Mm-hmm. I would almost say that its message feels a little preachy, except that I know anti-Semitism is still alive and well. One of my fellow reporters is covering allegations of a local students bullying their peers for being Jewish, calling them horrible names and telling Holocaust jokes. This scenes, the, their scenes toward the end of the 
movie where the characters are hopeful and that things will change over the f- few decades. A scene which I thought as powerful as it, it was depressing. As much as I'd like to, I'm not sure I can say that things have gotten better in 70 years since this movie was made. Anyway, I don't mean to be a downer, but I highly recommend you and your listeners check out Gentleman's Agreement on Netflix. Thanks, and hope you guys are doing well. Uh, yeah, anything um, with Gregory Peck, I'm down to see. So, Gentleman's Agreement, I I can't really agree with her on one aspect, which is that like it's too preachy, because at the time, in, in 1947, we're just coming out of World War II, and anti-Semitism in old Hollywood was like a taboo subject that you did not bring up. Like It was just kind of a given. Don't the Jews run the studios? That was, that, that was my uh, racist joke. Uh, you, oh, that was a pretty hard time Jay. out, Mel. <laughs> time out. Um, but no, but that movie though is really fucking good. It's a really good movie, and it's like it's a brave movie for its time. Because, like as I said, like it was, it's a subject that nobody wanted to talk about out loud. <laughs> so hmm. it's a good movie, and Gregory Peck's great in it. I like Gregory Peck. Uh, yeah, he has a such a commanding presence in his voice. He just, you know, love He's it. Atticus Finch. Uh, of course, he is. One of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Chris. I have to check that out. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Need yeah, to have her back on the show. Yeah, we have to have you back if you can think of uh, a day that works for you, Corinne, or a movie you want to see. Door is always open for you to step on to the <laughs> show. Step on the door. Step on the door. Just, just kick that shit in. <laughs> Brad, what were we talking about? The gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm, after that. Uh, telling her to come on the show. And okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> Make sure you're still with me, buddy. That works for her. <laughs> All right, Brad's still here, guys. I know I'm just gonna be a little slow today. <laughs> All right. Like the last two responses, uh, I've been reviewing in my head, just being like, God, this is gonna be, it's gonna be a rough show for me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to put my thoughts together. Brad, are you willing to go around town? Or are you too tired to drive around town? Is the, is the, Drifting into the other lane, watch how he comes a car with no headlights. Is the spirit willing, but the body too weak? Is that a quote from something? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, you want to go around town, Brad? Let me park my car uh, before I fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's crooked. I'm going to stop in this auto court here. Before I forget this one, EFP is this Thursday. Uh, Five bucks. Come to the Bug Theater at 8 o'clock, 730 so you're on time for 8 o'clock. Cool. And uh, there's another lineup of local shorts from filmmakers in Denver. And will that be where they debut their new equipment? Nope. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't think so. Maybe. Oh, okay. All right. I haven't heard. Okay. I know that, yeah. I know they want to do a special unveiling, but I don't think it's going to be ready because they did the, the, they replaced the screen, but I think Mike's oh. also set up the surround sound and he's just now getting back from vacation, I think. So. Okay. Cool. I don't know. We'll see. If not, it should be ready for open screen night at the end of the month, uh, July 32nd. Come down to the Bug <laughs> Theater and uh, bring a movie with you if you want. That's less than 10 minutes. Oh, shoot. I was going to play Jurassic Park. Five bucks. <laughs> uh, it's Canada-themed this month. I liked the poster you made for that one. Yeah, July 32nd. I like yeah. it. A.K.A. August, 30, August 1st. <laughs> so, um, And then the uh, Esquire Midnight this week is Ninja Turtles, the movie. That's right. Cool. 1990. Are you going to both nights? You know, I was going to say that because, like, I usually just pick one night and I was like, why don't I see both nights? I'm an adult. I can do that. 
Mom, uh, yeah, can I get a turtles twice in a row? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to wear like a turtle mask or something. You'll see a Star Wars. Um, yeah, because you don't want anybody to recognize you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what you hear last like, night? Yeah, no, I'm a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, the drive-in is recycling last week's lineup, which is great. Uh, Despicable, Despicable Me 3, Spider-Man Homecoming, and The Mummy. So look forward to that. Something for everybody. Yeah. And that's... That's your round That's Yep. Brad, Brad's a little slow, so I'm going to cut him off sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Can uh, you jump in your cop car and lead me home? Yes. Sweet. <laughs> Done. Thank you. We go see movies at Alamo, but in Denver, we're lucky enough to have a choice between two Alamo draft house. Is This is what's playing at the Alamo draft house. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Chris Vermin's boss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo draft house. Speaking of slow. <laughs> I'm infecting everyone. <laughs> uh, kids camp this week is Muppets from Space, which is um, too bad. Uh, <laughs> Everybody who wants to love Muppets and you're like, oh, that movie. Uh, why not? Why not Treasure Island? Treasure Island's need, so good. I need to know Gonzo's backstory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Barfly is the bar that is located in the Alamo Sloan's Lake. They have a couple events this week. They have... Uh, Cards Against Barfly, so I'm guessing they're going to do Cards Against Humanity. I want to try that. Uh, and they also have the Laugh Not Laugh Night on Earth, so maybe an open mic night for comedians. I don't know what that is. There's Comedy no description. Cool, for sure, yeah. Cool. Uh, the Zodiac Killer is going to be playing. What? And I'm going to be missing it. Oh, a movie called The Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah. no, I thought he was bringing his guitar. Yeah. I'll let you go through the schedule, and I'll tell the story of it, because it's really funny. Mosquita y Mari is also playing. Uh, Ghost what? Tapes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, the Breakfast Club. Everybody knows what that one is, right? Yep. I'm more of a fan of the Brunch Club. <laughs> PBS Wild Kratz, Back in Creature Time. And that's it for the Alamo Draft House this week. Cool. So that Zodiac Killer thing, do you know the story of it, Jan- uh, Ryan? <laughs> so it was a movie made in the 70s by a guy who owned oh, a pizza yeah, chain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he owned a chain of pizza stores, and he made the movie in order to try to catch the Zodiac Killer. And he would set up traps inside the auditorium when the movie was showing. The tra- the trailer looks awesome. It's pretty cool. They're doing a documentary about the making of it. Yeah, too. I you know it's funny you say that. I literally just read three days ago an article about that guy. Yeah. I don't know if it was in the Hollywood Reporter Entertainment Weekly. I can't remember. I think it was Entertainment Weekly. And yeah, he that's all he did is he raised money to make it and he with hopes. He, didn't he hide like in a trash can? Oh God, I'm trying to remember. The or he had people places. hide in a trash can. To I see really hope so. He had people hide in places and at one point it almost cost somebody their life. Yeah. Oh. So it was interesting. Like I'll, we'll have to send you the articles. They're pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's cool. pretty, it's pretty interesting. I, I didn't know that was that movie. So yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I, I'm, unfortunately I'm working that night so I'm mm. going to be able to see it. So that's cool. That sucks. Yeah. They're going to run out with the Blu-ray of it though. So I'll buy that. Speaking of Blu-rays, we check out movies every week that come out on Blu-ray. This is what's being released on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases the Blu-rays. Uh, Kong Skull Island is coming out this week. Uh, the book is awesome. With a 3D version as well, Ooh. which it's been a while since I saw one of those. If you go to Best Buy, you can get the Steelbook with a 3D and 4K Ooh. all in one. What's the, uh, what's the Steelbook look like? Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, it's like his silhouette. Oh, is it the one where he's standing on the water? The yeah, distance? and it's like yeah. purple and orange, and it looks sweet. I think cool. that's that one. Very cool. 
Expanse Season 2, or The Expanse Season 2, the sci-fi show that I hear is really good. Uh, is that on Blu-ray? Is this anything week? on sci-fi good? I hear The Expanse is really good. Um, they're they're redoing their logo to whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, Stalker, the Tarkovsky movie, is getting a Criterion edition this week. Uh, Resident Evil Vendetta, which I don't Ooh. need to purchase because I don't consider it part of the canon. Uh, if you watch, there's a, there's a pretty sweet little uh, clip from it where Leon's basically doing John Wick with the zombies. Ooh, where he's like uh, reloading his gun by slamming it on like zombies' heads and stuff, and looks uh, fun. For the record, it's a CG animated Resident Evil film. Those movies are pretty fun. Have you seen any of them? No, I haven't. No, I should let you borrow them. Oh. They're not like great, but I mean they're they're fun. Are they better than the real ones? Well. That's a loaded question because <laughs> where, I know where the real uh, the movies are fun, but they don't really tie into the game universe at all. Sure. And these ones actually tie into the game universe. Cool. Mm-hmm. Non-canon form. <laughs> but they take characters like Leon and Claire and uh, Jill Valentine. I mean, they're in the movies, too, but not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. These no, ones I'm focus more. on those characters. Yeah. Right. Uh, Charlie Sheen's No Man's Land is getting a Blu-ray release this week. Uh, once you get a taste of the good life, it's hard to let go, even if your life depends on it. Uh, sounds sounds very smart. It's pretty much Charlie Sheen's future headstone, isn't it? <laughs> right. uh, there's a movie called Freeway. The traffic is murder. Yes. That's pretty good. So it's come to this, guys. <laughs> uh, this week from Arrow, we've got a collection of the Battle Without Honor and Humanity trilogy, um, which is actually a pretty cool-looking blu-ray set uh and then from the scream factory is a double feature of the knight of the sorcerers and the lorelei's grasp they sound like they're italian movies they <laughs> they look like they're italian movies uh where they, of, they always have like a couple scenes with like american actors in it and the yeah, rest well, is poorly dubbed one of them definitely looks like an italian movie because it's like it's it's two incomplete photos of women but well i mean they're drawings of women and then in the background is like a like a really crummy painting of a cat mm. um yeah it, it's very bizarre and the one woman is like jumping up in the air like Pyah! and i don't know why uh and then the other one is uh a woman and she's screaming as some kind of lizard reaches to grab her or something uh maybe that's the lorelei the it's called the lorelei's Grasp, which basically I, I I think only grammatically makes sense if the monster is called the Lorelei, mm-hmm. which is a terrible name for a monster. Uh, but the winner this week uh, for sure is a movie called The Bat People. Uh, you which should is, watch the trailer. It's <laughs> which is getting a Blu-ray release. It's one of those movies from Scream Factory that looks so bad that you might have to own it. After the sun has set and the night wind has died, comes the hour of the Bat People. The, the trailer has really bad makeup of the bat people oh, and awesome. but it's like i said it looks so bad that it might be pretty entertaining this cover is great it's it's a really cool drawing of like a cemetery and then from underneath the cemetery there's a cave uh and it's full of like bad teenagers drawings of naked ladies and batmen see i really shouldn't um judge because i literally bought the internet exclusive the velvet vampire because it had kind of a cover like that yeah. where it's it's all black and white and it's a pencil drawing yeah and it's this like lady in a skimpy outfit holding up two severed heads I'm like, mm, i don't know what it's about and the movie was meh 
<laughs> yeah, this cover was drawn with a Bic pen on a napkin. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty great. Uh, what is this hand? This hand makes no sense. There's just oh man, it's awesome. This is a great cover. So yeah, uh, check out the Bat People this week on Blu-ray if you want. Cool. Uh, this is stuff we've been watching throughout the week. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you been watching? I watched so much stuff. Fuck. So get ready. I'm gonna <laughs> take over the show. Hold on to your butts. Um. In well, my was just a ploy. <laughs> I uh, I went and saw La La Land at the Symphony. Oh, cool. This yeah. is the one where did they play music before it or did they play music during it? They played during it, so they actually played the entire movie. And this is my commentary: is that they make some interesting choices. Cool. Um. Uh. So yeah, they play the whole movie, but it's like. The movie that I'm guessing Summit Entertainment exports without the uh, music. Oh, cool! Um, like there's some music in it, but they don't. Is this is the lyrics like the singing in it? The singing is from the movie, so there's no choir in the in the building, or um, sure. So it's all uh, Emma Stone and like uh, yeah. all the people in the cars and everything. It's it's all from the movie. It's just the the symphonic stuff right. is removed from the movie and. Um, they leave the digital music that's in the movie in the in the movie, but they keep it down low. So when Ryan Gosling is at like the concert and he's on the, like the electric keyboard, um, you don't hear him hitting those keys, which is really weird. Oh, weird! From that electric keyboard thing. Um, and then his guitar when he's at the like the '80s party. Yeah. Um, it's just silent, which is really odd. Um, and and then. Obviously, it's really hard to maintain sync throughout the movie. So sometimes you'd you'd watch the movie and it wouldn't match um, like his piano playing because the piano guy's kind of doing his own thing. So did the did when they did the symphony like get somebody with a guitar up on stage with like or you no? Know, what I'm saying is like they just it's all this like the analog symphonic stuff. Yeah. In the movie that they cover, but then the digital stuff like his guitar, um, his electric keyboard in. The, the messengers concert yeah. it's just silent <laughs> oh weird yeah so I, yeah i would have expected them to like you know just grab anybody who can play a guitar and have them like pop up at the yeah, front or even just play the piano yeah. like that would be cool oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah i guess that but would just be to cool. have it silent it's just weird to like right. have almost memorized these songs and then you're just <laughs> like i'm missing the notes yeah um and then i took my mom and she hadn't seen the movie before so i'm just like, <gasps> oh. going like She's missing part of the the music. Oh shoot! Yeah, um, but she said she liked it. And she obviously she hadn't seen it before. She so she had no idea. Sure, it's cool. It's good, but um, yeah, like they went through the whole movie, even the credits. Like they played the music oh, through the credits. That's cool. Um, it was funny. Some guy uh, stood up at the end for the like the the encore, um, not thinking that they were gonna go through the credits. So he was like that one guy who's like standing <laughs> clapping. <laughs> And no one else is. It's like, oh. I like the La 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 yeah. Symphony. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than like those choices. Um, and then they, there's scenes where like the jazz band is in the background at like the Oyster Club or whatever. Yeah. And then Ryan Gosling and Emerson are trying to talk through their scene. But in the movie, you know, they drop the Stop. music, the right. volume so you could hear what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> But at the symphony, they just play right over it. So, again, like someone who hasn't seen the movie yet can't hear 
his monologue about like how much like how great jazz is right um and i'm sitting there going like uh just trying to hear it are um, they always like trying to match the actual music or are they sometimes just you know riffing no it's they're trying to okay sometimes there'll just be like a quick couple notes uh for like a scene transition sure and they'll just cover that too so it won't just be the the main songs it'll be the score under the film cool um yeah so cool it was cool but i I don't know if it's like a way i'd like to watch movies yeah no it seems like something that if you like with all land if you'd seen the movie before it would be a neat fun thing but it wouldn't yeah probably not the best way to see the movie the first time yeah not that you did a bad thing (laughs) to your mom (laughs) but i feel sorry for her (laughs) um yeah and then uh it wasn't sold out so we had seats kind of up front and Mm -hmm. then this obnoxious like uh like two couples came down and sat down next to us and i was hearing their conversation apparently they had bought seats way up in the back that were obstructed from view mm-hmm. so the symphony just like comped them and like moved them down next to us but they had like cores lights and they were super drunk and the one girl like had her feet up over the railing and they were constantly just talking through the movie Woo-hoo! it's not the alamo so i can't be like you know so can someone take care of this so that was yeah rough. people shouldn't drink cores light in public <laughs> or like i mean or, or make noise. too many of them at the symphony <laughs> and then like kick their bottles around like during the quietest parts of the movie yeah well, that's like mimic, that's actually uh, that's actually built in to mimic uh, the experience of going to see a movie at the Mayan. Um, <laughs> the Shea Artiste. Yeah. Luckily, there isn't too much of a decline that it doesn't just no. roll down to the <laughs> the, 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 the violins. The, the Shea Artiste, you need the sound of an old person falling asleep. <laughs> at the Mayan, you need some you need a couple beer bottles knocking over. And you also need the commentary from old people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for first part of the movie, you need the like, who is that? Why is he so sad? And then halfway through, you just see, hear them start to snore. Yeah. Take that 4D. So that was cool. And then um, I uh, I watched uh, the, the Netflix series Love. Yeah. Gillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. Yeah. And that's, I, it's really good. Um, but I mean, it, it's such a detailed, like specific look at relationships that it's almost uncomfortable sometimes. Yes, it is. Um but that's part of like what sets it apart from like yeah it's just really i was just impressed like how detailed like this saga of a and like a a love addict and love and drug addict and then a a guy who is a nice guy but it also examines how being a nice guy can be toxic to relation a relationship mm-hmm. in certain ways um so um yeah and i got through all two seasons of that and that's pretty good yeah, that's and then mean. The thing I really liked was I watched Glow. Oh, I've been meaning to watch yeah, that. Just, I did too this week. Can we talk about it? Yeah, I watched it <laughs> twice. It was so good. Wow. All 10 episodes. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Like it right off the bat, like the, 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 the motion graphic titles, like the 80s neon and everything. Sure. With, um, had you. Scandal, huh? It had you. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Okay, that's cool. And then just the, the charm of... Uh, like Allison Brie pretending to be Hulk Hogan in her apartment, like awesome. learning how to and be a wrestler. And she's naked in it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's quite a bit. Just the first uh, episode, though. Uh, um, whatever. But no, like, it's just, it's adorable. Her, like, little <laughs> pretending to be Hulk Hogan thing is, like, super charming. Then Mark Marin, um, cool. has, like, this sarcastic, sort of mean uh, guy just trying to, who's, like, 
apparently there's a bunch That's of a fighter really jets flying jet. over. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Don't ride the wild mouse. It's not safe. <laughs> the war for the planet of the apes is starting. They're all going play. Whoa. Um, he's a god, and they're coming back. Yeah, man. Are we under attack? Do they just do a 180? Well, the the airport is near here, so every now and then this happens. But like when I say every uh, now they and then, might be rerouting once them. a year. No, it's just your name. Oh, I thought out. I'm like, holy shit. Is, that, is it crashing? Because <laughs> it's literally, I thought it was shaking the building. Donnie Darko! <laughs> Man world. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Mark Marin's this uh, kind of like a, like a B-movie schlock director um, yep. who actually has a taste for movies, but he's saddled with, you know, working his way through the system. Sure. Um, and he's got this one, he's got his masterpiece he wants to do, but in order to do that, he has to make glow this television like the ladies uh wrestling television show and um Mm -hmm. he's great he's like got some great just like sarcastic one line uh mean one-liners to all the girls uh did you watch the documentary that inspired the show at all on netflix it's on there it's only an hour and 20 minutes pretty much everything uh in the show is covered in that documentary because it's pretty much beat for beat down to even mark maran's character that's cool yeah yeah and there's some fun twists and turns. Um, the only sad part is that the main conflict of the show centers around two girls fighting over a guy. Um, so yeah. for like a kind of a, a female empowerment show, it's like that yeah. one storyline is kind of unfortunate. But it, it that's that doesn't make it like non-feminist. It just means like it, it like that's I I think that's okay. Um, I bet it's in the still, grand scheme of the show. It's yeah, like, it's not like uh, it's not the show's not about that, right? Which is fine, right? But it's just it's just one of those things that kind of like caught I, me. I would bet that the the main conflict really has something to do with like her own personal struggles against the way she's seen in her society. Yeah, well, like, like, Bree's character is, um, you know, she, she's in that situation because she kind of doesn't have an identity. Yeah, and she's trying to figure yeah. out who she is, and that's her whole arc for the ten episodes is literally finding a character. Yeah, uh, like one of the episodes ends on like. Uh, I forget what a character's name, but you know the director and the producer. You know, who are you? And she has to kind of stop in the audition and think like, "Who am I?" Like that's mm. cool stuff. That's cool. And they have tons of like cool '80s uh, songs throughout, which are great. I would bet it still passes the Bechtel test just fine. Is my point. Mm. You know, so cool. Uh, yeah. So that's highly recommended. What else did you say? And then the last thing I started watching Black Mirror. Oh, um, the, from the beginning, like from the British ones, or did you just start the U.S. part? What? There's two kinds? Well, the early seasons, did you watch like... Well, I screwed up and like I must have tried to watch it sometime before. Oh, okay. Um, because it just started me on season three instead of season one like it should have. So I, I started watching it thinking it was season one. So uh, like Bryce Dallas Howard, whatever. Okay, yeah. Then you, they, yeah they, you started watching the American stuff. Or okay. like the yeah, I mean it's not really yeah. You started watching the newest stuff, is was the question. So yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah, not trying to. I just no no no. Yeah, that's why I asked because I haven't seen any of the new stuff. I I saw the old seasons. Yeah, so um, season one's like three episodes. Season two yeah. is four episodes, and this new one's like six. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't know how many on the new one because like I said, I but they're cool. It's like a modern Twilight Zoney show. Um, yeah, and then uh. I, I haven't seen the two seasons, but this season there seems to be like a through line of everything's about like weird twists on technology. 
Um, I don't know if that's a season one and two thing. Like, are all the other episodes like about like it was always what if a... technology did this? Yeah, I mean, it's in all it's in almost all of them. Okay. Um, yeah, because the show's kind of a very. I feel like it's it feels more outer limits to me, um, where it's more trying to just sort of wow you with like here's a crazy story. Then like like Twilight Twilight Zone really had like a lesson they were trying to teach, which was maybe the thing I was disappointed by the most. Um, but it's also just to me British sci-fi is so hit or miss that like I would watch episodes of Black Mirror and be like oh that was cool, and then I watch the next one and be like I never want to watch the show again, and then I'd watch the next one and be like that was cool again. All right, like so. Yeah. Well, I, I thought like these episodes kind of had a message of just how adversely if like technology affects our society today because yeah. especially the first one where bryce dallas howard is going through like, like in her world everyone's out to get likes and then you have a rating based on like the social media likes you get yeah um and how that like takes a toll on everyone's like existence and it's watching it I'm just like I hope we never live in this world because this is horrible. Yes, yeah. horrible. We are, way to Brad. <laughs> that 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 does tend to be like most people's response to Black Mirror is like, oh god, like, I can't. Uh, yeah, this this makes me feel bad about life. But there's one like, uh, uh, the Kurt Russell's kid where he's um in a like a, a test subject for a like a really <coughs> sur- like immersive video game um so that's like not really a, oh yeah I like, oh i can't like that <laughs> what a horrible world that would be right um it's just a uh, horrible technology <laughs> right yeah uh, yeah doesn't but, go very well yeah uh but yeah it's cool and then there was um a cool one with uh the girl from halt and catch fire uh where they're like old people but they live in their memory like their past memories because it's part of like a sedation Thing for uh, Cameron, or t- Cameron or Donna from Halt and Catch Fire. Cameron. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, like everyone's, when you die, all your consciousness is in this giant server room. Oh, okay. But she she's in Blade Runner. Yep. I'm really excited. You know what's cool about the Blade Runner trailer is that at one point he says "Happy Birthday" and the movie comes out two days after my birthday. It's like they were saying it to you. I know. <laughs> Denis Villeneuve is like, hey, he's like, ice. he's like that James guy really likes my movies. <laughs> so Ryan, what did I talk about? <laughs> you were talking about Black Mirror and well, before that, Glow. Before that, before that was. I was I was really your, paying attention. Symph- and I don't your, remember now. Your Symphony La La Land. Oh yeah, and that you took your mom. Oh no no! I, I, gave, was... I literally mouthed the hint to you. So close, <laughs> so close. Okay. And, that, and that people were drunk. It was boring. What else were you talking about? Love. Love. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, love with Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And that it's uncomfortable. Good job. Good he job, was, buddy. He was talking about love and how it, that's all you need. Well, you should have told him about the episode of Love where <laughs> she really wants to paint all the rooms of the house, <laughs> um, but she only gives like a day and she doesn't want to paint them all multiple times. Like, if you talked about that, then Ryan would have paid attention. He'd have been like, he, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yep. She gets naked in it too, buddy. Does she? Yeah. All right. First that one movie and now this. <laughs> What's that movie she's naked in? Choke. There we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, cool. Was that everything, Brad? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Great. 
Zach? Uh, I watched a couple things this week. Uh-huh. Um, I can <laughs> <laughs> go outside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right around the block. Uh, Visual s- gags. <laughs> so um, I... Don't uh, work on podcasts. Uh, so I had some money left over in my Rift Tracks account uh, from a... Uh, uh, Wait, what? Wait, uh, why are there accounts? Well, so like I had a... I, I was given a gift card as a birthday gift for being a loyal subscriber to them for years. Oh, cool. And I still had some money left over, and I, and I was looking through their new Rifts, and one of them was The Force Awakens. And I was like, I'm curious to see how this one pans out. And f- I got about 20 minutes into the riff before I shut off the riff to watch the movie itself. I was going to say, I was like, you know what I don't ever want? People talking over The Force Awakens. Well, it's, here's the thing. It's, it's not that it's not funny. It's just that my head was like, God, I forgot how good Star Wars is. So I just watched it again. Yeah. Um, but I did. Uh, but I mean, it's still, it's still good. It's a great movie and whatnot. And uh, I... I I genuinely like. I, I'm still like of the f- of the opinion that Harrison Ford was robbed of uh, a gold statue nomination that year, because I think it's a very strong uh, addition to the Han Solo character. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, um, but I mean, I mean, if it if it is between Stallone and Ford that year, though, I'm glad Stallone got it. But speaking um, of uh, Mystery Science Theater around town, you can see Mystery Science Theater live this Tuesday. Can you? Isn't it sold out? Is it sold out? I don't think it is. No. If you already bought tickets, you can see it live this year. Yeah. They're showing Ega. Um and uh oh Ega's a fun one from from their history. Um so uh watch that. Uh I did watch I did watch a full Rift Tracks thing though, uh which was Birdemic. <laughs> and I had never seen Birdemic. And I didn't really like unlike the room, Birdemic did not seem to me as something that I could sit down and watch without a riff tracks yeah. um unless i was in a movie theater and hearing somebody's play along with it it's pretty so Bertemic is has everybody here seen it uh or like yeah, i haven't or finished no, it, does anybody I... is anybody aware of what it is oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah okay so like it was a the, mine or an esquire midnight at one point Birdemic is is a movie about global warming that happens to have birds in it for the last 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's everything that I find annoying about the global warming movement. Because, like, I mean, I believe it it's happening and it exists, but, like, the whole, like, the attitude of it. And, like, so the fact that they were making fun of it and the fact that there is no birdemic happening until, like, the last 20 minutes and then even the last 20 minutes, the shitty CGI birds from, like, a freaking, like, 96 processor. Yeah. Um, it's it's one animation track done by like the people who did the baby from Alec McBeal. Yeah, it's and very like, oh, very weird. Oh, God, uh, um, and it's like uh, the same eight seconds of birds attacking. Again. Yeah, but their riff was funny on it, and then I saw their riff uh, from San Francisco Sketchfest, and it was cool because they had Paul F. Tompkins and Adam Savage come in, uh, come up and do some riffs. Oh, cool. Um, so those were fun. One of them was uh, "Women, Why Do We Need Them," <laughs> um, or like "Women, What's Their Deal." Um, and, uh, the, the, the guy, basically the plot of the shortest is that this guy is trying to figure out how to deal with female coworkers. And at one point, um, it, a, a, a text come up and says, what's, what is Brad's deal? And I took a screenshot of it so that I could send it to you and I still haven't sent it, but I wanted to like send that to you every time. Like you do something that if, it, if something you ever do annoys me for whatever what's, reason, what's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna post that picture. Um, Good to know. Yep. So make sure you annoy the fuck out of them. <laughs> um, so um, I, uh, I, I, 
I uh, decided to watch The Defiant Ones because it came out uh, last week, I think, on HBO. Um, and I went in blank. I had no idea what it was going to be about. And it turns out it's about Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. Um, and Dr. Dre's stuff is interesting, but I kind of already know that story. So Jimmy Iovine is the one that I'm really focusing on. And he's like – his story is incredible in terms of like how he moved and maneuvered through the music industry in hmm. terms of like – some of the stuff he did for Springsteen was what I was really interested in because I'm a huge Springsteen fan. And watching uh, him... Come on up for the ride. Come on up, lay your hands on man. Yeah, that's say, my Springsteen. Pretty I good. Didn't, I didn't see, tr- say Trey Parker. I said Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> no, no, this is Trey Parker singing. No, I, I spliced in a clip from The Rising. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is Trey Parker singing The Rising. Come on up for the rage. <laughs> um, Come on up, let your hand in my gas. There were some stuff about uh, NW. There was some stuff about NWA that I wasn't like. I guess I was aware of it, but I didn't know the full details of everything. Um, I, I, it's kind of hard to be specific about it, but. Doesn't anyone else think it's weird how people put NWA and Tupac on like this? their hero statue and if you really knew their life like mm, they're kind of assholes well i well and that's the thing like dr NWA, D- what's that stand I, for I, I i i like straight out of compton but i like that this documentary doesn't really paint dr dre's life with a big old like coat of paint quote unquote you know like, well that, that was my uh i forgot to say i did watch straight out of compton a while ago oh yeah and that's uh, my biggest problem sometimes with um biopics mm-hmm. is it's the Candy coated version of it, yeah. and it's not like that at all. No, it, well, I mean, there's very few biopics actually do it correctly. Like, I mean, like I know Lincoln. Well, well, I actually that's 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 an example. I I I always look at the Aviator as an example of how it's done right because of the fact that um, Martin Scorsese made it. No, it's more of like enough time has passed that airing Dirty Laundry isn't necessarily an issue. Oh yeah, but those guys are still alive. For straight out of Compton, and they're executive so. producers, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's like, of and one of their sons is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it, it was like I, I know this is gonna be kind of like fluffer, yeah. a fluffer job, but um, so but that was good, fluffer jobs, and um, it An kind of fashioned, it kind of seg- <laughs> it kind of segued into me watching Friday again, and um, I always like every time I watch Friday, I'm always surprised of how low rent it looks. Friday again is what oh, they're gonna yeah. call the remake in terms of because it was shot for very cheap. Oh yeah. Um and like I mean outside of Ice Cube nobody in that movie was famous at all at the time. Um but um uh F Gary Gray's a really good director. I think he's actually very solid. Oh, I think uh, so too. Yeah. yeah, and I mean I love his action films like I love The Negotiator. I think The Negotiator is an amazing film. And, you know, yeah. I I'm not a big fan of stoner comedies. Really the only ones I like are the Harold and Kumar ones because yeah. they're stupid. And James and Bob maybe. But even yeah, but that, that really doesn't feel like a stoner comedy. Yeah. I mean, they deal drugs Shit, I guess every once in a while, but that's not their main. But that's function. not. Like, I think I think it doesn't feel that way because those characters don't come from stoner comedies, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a stoner comedy made as a sequel to non-stoner stoner comedies. Mm-hmm. But you can't. So really I, get I give it a free pass. And and yeah, yeah, because I mean, when you talk about Jane's Hunt, Bob and Mallrats, it's just to you know stone the guys so uh, Brody can get on the show. Right. It's yeah. not. The the movie is not predicated on them doing drugs, right? No, yeah. exactly. yeah. TS and um, Brody don't like hang out in the basement and smoke weed before they go to the mall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it does feel it actually feels a lot like a Harold and Kumar kind of stoner comedy because it's or or the truth is it's vice versa because it came first. But it's actually like a wacky adventure comedy 
Uh, and it just so happens that the main characters are stoners. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, so I watched Friday and it was good. It was funny. Like, cool. I loved it. Um, uh, today was a good day. Um, and then uh, I, uh, last night I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit again. Nice. And, it like, was amazing. I, I love watching that film. And I can almost guarantee that if we do a 1988, 1988 retrospective, Spoilers. it probably is going to be number one for me. Sure. Because I, I just love the fuck out of that movie. Um, and uh, the last thing that I saw, so... I always thought the weasels were so cool. On the, I love the weasels. Because no, they were in the zoot suits. <laughs> and I always thought, I, the line delivery is when they go up into Valiant's... Uh, gets office and he's doing uh, laundry. Yeah, my laundry. And uh, I, I love the one weasel where he goes up and he says, step out of line, Valiant, and we'll hang you and your laundry out to dry. To dry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, boys. <laughs> Why is it so hard to make a Roger Rabbit sequel? Um, here's the thing. After watching it, I don't want one. Yeah. But I do. I, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... It's, well, it's, this is where you're wrong, Zach. It's in, no, it's interesting because like it, it's don't it, take Robert Zemeckis away from me. <laughs> I want one, but it's got lots of Pixar characters in it. I, ooh, that would be interesting, though. That's my idea. Is yeah, like, like go go bring in some 3D animation stuff. Well, but, the, the old like the old 2D characters are like being muscled muscled out to make room for like the 3D characters, mm-hmm, and then yeah. there's some mystery that involves yeah another murder. What I love what well, what I love about the film is how adult it is while still being childlike at the same time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I. I think it's hard to do that today because mm. it says PG on it, but it's not really PG. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's like pretty... a light, it's like nearing an R at some points. Like it's just like one or two. I, I think away. they get away with it because of the innuendo. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Cause adults will get the sexual overtones, but a kid's going to be, Oh, right. just, over their head. Yeah. Right. Yeah, go, but, watch, go watch but, Animaniacs and hello nurse. But it's like, just strange. Like, it's, it's like watching it. Like, yes, yeah, it's got a lot of cartoon jokes. And at the same time, it's also about alcoholism and like oh, yeah. depression, like PTSD. I'm like, Oh God, like there's murder. so many things going on here. You murder. Well, there's it was, so many things going on in this movie. The kind of shame of it is like, if you made that movie today, it would be a whole lot easier to make. And, and that movie is so underappreciated for what a like, um, technical achievement it is oh yeah the um, making of it's amazing oh yeah it, it won a, it's it won unbelievable a, it won an honorary it, oscar i think and a visual effects award oscar. i more mean in the minds of people like oh, when wow. you think of like when you have conversations about like really amazing movies that that did something no one had ever seen before uh-huh. like yeah people will talk about your jurassic parks or whatever uh-huh. but that movie is the only thing like it um and like Oh, that's you not... go watch that against what? What's the other one? Cool World. Cool World. Which like Cool World basically fails at everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, know. like so it's all the interaction. It's the way that like you know Robert Zemeckis was ballsy enough to make every shot hard and be like, oh, how about in this scene, you know, uh, Roger Rabbit keeps moving the lamp so that that way the the lighting in the room has to change depending on where he is. Like mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So yeah, um, and then the last thing that I watched this week was like, so um, obviously I'm a old time radio fan and whatnot, and some of these f- shows ended up becoming movies down the line or TV shows, and one of them was a sitcom called Armis Brooks, um, which had um, amongst other people in it Eve Arden, who was the principal in Greece, uh, Gail Gordon, and uh, Frank Nelson, all these guys, and um, I, so I watched the movie version of it, which I 
saw for the first time last year on a special copy, and now I have a um, uh, a more permanent uh, copy at my disposal. And uh, it's interesting. It's like I love like I I have a weird like affection for the movie Bad Teacher in a weird way, the Cameron Diaz film. I was just gonna say, is it really? Yeah. So basically, Armis Brooks is the movie Bad Teacher if it were made in 1956. Huh. Except obviously within the boundaries of what you can do with the code and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But like the the principle is still there in terms of like it's about a teacher who's out to get married and whatnot, and like she runs into crazy situations and she's always getting in trouble with her principal and um, her principal's play uh, is a, essentially a blowhard. And I like it personally because it's just like I like the characters in it, and I guess there's no real way to sell it unless I were to have you listen to an episode, watch an episode or watch the movie. Cause you'd start falling in love with the characters, even with its tame sense of humor. Um, uh, but what I did find, I, I mean, I, for, I keep forgetting about this. And every time I watch an episode or watch this movie, I am always remembering. So one of the teenagers in it is Richard Crenna and Richard Crenna ended up becoming the general in Rambo movies, uh, that, um, uh, uh and hot shots. And hot shots, yeah. So, but like, it's a big one eighty. It's it's a big one eighty because like, if you watch an Armis Brooks, he's doing this like really high pitched dorky voice, and then like to see years later him playing a stone faced general is just like fucking like his range was amazing. Um, and Gail Gordon, in my opinion, is a very fantastic uh, uh, comic actor in in comedy history. Um, like, just some of the things he does with timing is just amazing. So. So that's all I watched this week. Cool. Oh, by the way, the vacation house that uh, some of the characters use in uh, Armis Brooks, guess what it's called? Or guess where it is? Hmm. Crystal Lake. Nice. <laughs> oh, funny. Every time Love I hear it, it, I'm like, oh, my God, I've got an idea. So, And then all these people get burned. A school down. teacher takes her students out on a vacation. The students are all horned up. And then Jason shows up. It's our Miss Jason. <laughs> Give me my money, Hollywood. Also known as Camp Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's got a of snow explosion. Um, we're like halfway through the year and we haven't done any of the. I know. 87, we, 97, we, 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 we need some bad weeks to come up. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking September should just be film explosion. <laughs> yeah. Three weeks of film explosions. <laughs> it might happen. Yeah. We'll get negative listeners. <laughs> uh, uh, I got uh, just a couple of things. Um, I got a chance to go see Cars 2. Or no, Cars 3. three? Yeah, whichever one. <laughs> yeah. I forget about Cars 2 because it's terrible but uh terrible yeah it's fine it's pretty how do you like rocky with cars uh yeah yeah <laughs> that was literally with cars. that was well so that was literally gonna be part of my conversation I was like uh-huh. yeah it's like it was cool because it like it starts off and i was like oh it's rocky four and then i was like oh it's kind of rocky five and i was like oh it's kind of like the rocky five and rocky balboa in that like instead of just fighting the kid in the street instead he's like hey you're all right and instead, it becomes Creed at the very end. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then at the end, it's really just Creed. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. No. I. It was. Uh, it was pretty fun. It's pretty charming. There's. There's definitely some times where like, I, because. Uh, oh. So I guess slight spoilers, but not really. Um, because the movie ends up being about something different, and like your main character sort of shifts, uh, which is in my mind great because. Well, for the next reason, like it has a very difficult thing that it has to do as it like makes you like this new person. Like it's trying to follow two different characters at the same time, even though the the second character you didn't start the movie with. Um, there are like moments where I was like, 
I kind of don't give a shit about our main character and kind of, well, I want to go with her. Um, and so there was just these weird moments where I was like, wait, I don't know where I'm going or why or what. Okay. Um, but by the time it was over, I was like, okay, this is, you know, it was pretty fun. The existential um, dilemma in your head yeah. for Cars 3 out of all I, the films I in history. With her. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I, I'm glad I got a chance to see it. So, uh, I also, um, yeah, well, I wasn't here last week for Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, yeah, I mean, that movie's really good. Like, come on, everyone should go. <laughs> like see. how we all stared at him. Going oh, like, we all well. said it was garbage on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> then, well, th- then I will fight you because <laughs> y'all y- y- saw a different movie. You must have go see- gone to see Wonder Woman again. I don't know what you're talking about. But Whoa. anyway, well, <laughs> I will admit, that movie ended and I was like, why did I like Wonder Woman? This was so good. But anyway. yeah, I don't like the ending either, but yeah. yeah. But the... Um, that there was genuinely a point in that movie where I thought, like, is this movie too funny? Like, I was laughing so much and was having such a good time that I, I genuinely thought, like, they're not gonna when they try to to have a tonal shift and like have serious stuff start happening and put him in trouble, it's not gonna work. Like, I was genuinely worried that it was too lighthearted, and then that thing happened and everyone in the audience got silent as the grave. And I was like, okay, you guys did great. Way to go. Because I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. <laughs> Man. I rewatched um, that a couple nights ago because... Um, so good. I couldn't sleep and there was an 11.30 IMAX 3D showing of it. Ooh. So I was like, all right, I'll go. That looks cool. pretty great in IMAX 3D. Very cool. Um, obviously, everything with Spider-Man swinging looks amazing in 3D. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the movie is... Whatever. Whatever, but I mean, when the that that last fight with the vulture and him oh, on the cool. on the jet is pretty awesome oh, in three D, and the vulture is so awesome. That I mean, I'm sure you talked about it, but that when he's perched on the on the on the billboard at the end, I was like, I, I'm yeah, I'm glad it ended the way it did. Is all I'll say. You know, I didn't because uh, that week. villain is so awesome. What I didn't mention last week is the scene where Tony Stark shows up to take the suit back. Mm-hmm. Um. Does it seem like he's composited in that scene? It seems like they are on a green screen, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't just me. <laughs> it seems like he was on set for two days, um, yeah. but that's like, okay. This might be a Tom Holland double, and this might be <laughs> right, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. on a green screen. <laughs> this might be a little girl in a, in a, in a dark wig, uh, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in an otherwise fantastic movie, I was like, eh, there's some... Yeah. It, surprisingly, there's some CGI shortfalls. That's <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but part of that is just like then you go to the movie we saw today and I'm like oh man anytime a movie doesn't have amazing CGI I'm just gonna hold it against them now um, but the uh, but yeah I mean the movie's fantastic and uh, and it not only has one shocker in it it has two shockers in it and like four all okay shock puns well I four, think Spider-Man has the subtle, best one yeah like you know some some good shock. subtle shock puns. <laughs> he never like pops up and goes like I'm gonna give you a shock to your system. But he also doesn't sound like a like a wrestler from 1988. So I guess it's okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was great. It was great. It was great. I mean, I am sad that like when they when they spoilers vaporize the first shocker, they vaporize that cool Cody head too, which <laughs> but, was too bad. I, I thought it was an anti gravity gun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're the new shocker. And it does mean, like, they can... they can. I mean, they're setting up a, a way better Sinister Six than the Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 did. It where, like, like we're going to get a Sinister Six that has, like, the shocker and Vulture and, and the Scorpion in it, at the very least. And that will be fucking cool. I still think it would be fun to do a Spider Slayer. If, if they already I, set up the Tinker. I will die 
if they do another movie with the shocker in it, if they bring that guy back, <laughs> they need to bring him back so he wears a like a, a mask. Yeah, yeah, if he, yeah, like maybe his his face got all screwed up at some point in the end of this movie, and he comes back like, uh, you know, kind of like crossbones in Civil War, <laughs> you know. With I, like a, you know, I rewatching it, I I love the Spider Man moments in it where he's still quippy. <laughs> You know, because the shocker part where he gets blasted through the bus and he, like, falls all the way back and he falls down and he looks underneath and there's all that gum. He's like, oh, gross. And he just literally got hammered through a bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. The shocker's weapon in the movie, is that a modified version of Crossbones? It is. It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Crossbones' thing was a lead up to shocker. Yeah. Because Marvel is getting good at this. Um, There's even things here, like, I'm pretty sure there were a couple little things where I was like, feel like you're you're leaving a couple of breadcrumbs for us to pick up later on stuff that you guys are planning for phase four because um, there's just well, a couple of little things Spider-Man the sequel is the first part right. of phase four well yeah but I, I mean in a more subtle way it's like I mm. like yeah anyway there's just a couple of characters there where I was like that seems like something that will have more of a Marvel impact than a Michael Spider-Man so great in that too he's there's, amazing there's this, his delivery where he's, he drops him off and he says I gotta give him the talk Oh, so good. And I was reading an interview with the writers, and they said when they saw that, that's when they knew that the movie was going to work. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like when you wrote that scene, you knew you had something pretty good. Because that, I don't want to say too much, but just to say, like, it's a pretty tight script when, or a pretty tight plot when you have these things, you know, that that just feel like events in most movies that in this case have like a character effect where he has a moment where he wants to kill Peter Parker, but has a really good reason not to. Yeah. And it's such an awesome, different moment that makes that villain really cool. Um, it's just, it's great. That movie is spectacular. I liked his moment. It's where amazing. He's distracting. It's uh, superior. It's superior to all of the <laughs> Spider-Mans. It's sensational. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say like, Speak, like, like good Michael Keaton moments in the movie when he's distracting Spider-Man um, in the bunker and comparing himself mm. to like Tony Stark like yeah you know your hero did what I did mm-hmm. at some point right um, so yeah yeah like yeah and and a really cool plot that like ties into the universe better than like that villain is definitely one of if not the best Marvel Cinematic Universe villain um, because it ties into this universe they've been building so well, and like in a, in a way very similar to a Baron Zemo, where his whole plan and 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 his motivations like is a reaction to the Avengers, right? It's a it's not a it's a reaction to the Avengers. It's also like very genuine and realistic, and so you know. And then at the same time, he's a fucking old guy with flying wings. Why is that villain cool? Like that because his bomber jacket's like, awesome. Right, but you and I know that. But like, this is the reason why like Raimi couldn't ever get this made. Because if you said the people like, oh, it's gonna be the vulture. Oh, who's he? Oh, he's an ancient guy with flying green wings. You're like, no, we're not making that movie, man. In like, a leotard. Come on, right? In a leotard. Sometimes he sucks. He uh, he like sucks the life force after children so he can get younger. And you're like, no, don't do that. Um, but at but, the same time, this film did not have anybody saying, "Bring me pictures of Spider-Man." Right? Yeah. Well, we're, I'm hoping. Thief. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, they're close to like they gotta be doing Mysterio next, though, right? Cause, I hope. Like, <sighs> Spider-Man's been good about not repeating villains in their movies. 
yeah. despite having like three different. Well, no, I mean, next has got to be Scorpion. Scorpion's next. Mm. Come on, come on! He seems like he'd be a shocker villain and no, he's, he's awesome because he's like Spider-Man, but he's well, he's psychologically I mean, he, tortured. He's hired by J. Jonah Jameson, so that's why you could bring in yeah Jonah into the picture. Yes, or that would you be a could great go story. back to formula, <laughs> uh, or 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 I know it's Spider not going to be. Slayer. I, I think Spider Slayers would be fun. I, I I they already said they're not going to do the Green Goblin again. Yeah, which and is they, fine. They shouldn't. Are they not ever? Or well, but, not for the next movie. Yeah, maybe they, they could do Craven. See, Craven, Spider Slayers work so well with this Spider-Man. Yeah. In a with a Tony Stark infused Spider-Man, like Spider Slayers just works. Okay. Yeah. You know? Especially like a combination J. Jonah a J. Jonah Jameson as the real villain combination. Yeah, the only thing Spider I think Slayers hold up and the Spider Slayers is they're not well known. Sure, but but that's why you make the villain actually like either Mysterio. Oh shit. Okay. Actually what I would love, which this can't happen, is Go get the kingpin from Daredevil and have him be the villain where he's hiring a guy to go build the Spider Slayers, and then you got something cool. Might be because that kingpin is so cool. You possibly could do that. No, you 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 can't because they don't like talking to the television division. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I also got a chance to go see the Big Sick this week. Um, I wanted to go this week. I almost saw it this morning. Yeah, you guys need to go see the Big Sick. Um, You need to go see Big Sick. Why don't you so, both go see the big sick? <laughs> uh, the big sick is is absolutely fantastic, and was one of those movies that I walked out of and was just quiet for a while. Um, and that's not to say like it's super depressing. It's just it's just really beautiful and emotionally impactful and funny throughout. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailers, uh, it's based on the the true story of Kumail Nanjiani, who uh, is a Pakistani comedian who. Um, falls in love with this uh, young woman who he meets at one of his comedy shows um, while he's like up and coming and he, you know, he just does like open mics and that kind of stuff. Um, And she's white and his family obviously isn't going to approve. Um, And from the trailer, you know that at some point she realizes like he is having a really tough time reconciling like, okay, if I tell my family, they're going to kick me out of the family but I also really like spending time with you. And so she has, she, when she realizes that there's a good chance that they can't have a future together, she leaves him. Uh, and then like within a week, uh, she falls into a coma and the rest of the movie is actually him spending time with her parents while she's in a coma. Um, sort of struggling through what it's like to, you know, have somebody that you love in this terrible medical situation, um, and there's, there's really amazing scenes that are, I mean, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, but Ray Romano fucking kills it in this movie. Uh, that shouldn't be he's, surprising. he's very talented. so good. Uh, and, and he and Holly Hunter, uh, who, who pay, who play this woman's, uh, parents are just lovable. And yet like they feel like they're going through this genuine, awful experience, um, and they're emotionally all over the place, and it's just great, which I know doesn't sound great, but it is. Um, it's a beautiful movie that is so well written, and you know to know to know that it's you know based off of this true story, but like, you know, he also has to go through this whole this whole thing with his parents that I don't want to spoil too much about where it goes, but it's rough, and and he has to make some really tough decisions, and it's it's such a a interesting brave story that like i think people just have to go see this thing 
it is it is so well told and and funny in all the right places and then we'll rip your heart out and stomp on it for a minute and then pick you right back up and be like we're gonna be okay we're gonna keep on going down the road um Kamala, it's just beautiful Camille and his wife emily um who, spoilers who wrote the script <laughs> who wrote the script um uh have talked about that story that became the big sick on their video game podcast so mm-hmm. it's yeah. nice to see this come to fruition yeah no it's and that great. michael showalter directed it is even cooler oh he does a, uh, a fantastic job he's a very good director um, y'all should see some of his other movies sometime like they came together it's great. Well, no, this that's is David Wayne. I'm sorry. David yeah, that's Wayne, David but, Wayne. But still. Same guys. No, the Baxter. Yeah. The Baxter is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Have you seen the Baxter? I haven't seen the Baxter. the Baxter. It's really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally worth checking out. It's you know only in a few theaters. Uh, but if you live in Denver, go see it at the Alamo because they had to fight pretty hard to get that movie. Um, Who they have to fight with? I'll tell you later because it's not my way, place to tell that story. But oh, okay. just, just go see it at the Alamo. Really support them. Um because they want to make sure you get to see good movies and they're willing to do whatever they have to to do that. So mm-hmm. that is a theater I want to support. So yeah, go see The Big Sick. It's great. Cool. Yeah. My wife won't let me see it without her, so. Oh, you gotta go. It's okay. Yeah, maybe it's, next weekend I will. Yeah, I think it's at, it's at Littleton for one more week and then they're gonna get it at um, uh, Sloan's Lake after that. I think it's both right now because when I was looking at oh, today, I, was, I had the option of Oh, yeah, cool. actually, yeah, yeah, it's at both right now. Oh, yeah. cool. Cool, cool. Great. Sweet. Ryan, what'd you watch? Uh, not too much. We already talked about Spider-Man. Uh, I love that movie. It's great. Uh, yeah. Did he do whatever a spider can? Uh, he does. Swings a web? Any size. Uh, I feel like there's some other things he could have done. but <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I, uh, I, you know, It's fun when you see a movie that you love uh, for a second time and the audience reacts in moments you know that are coming up. Um, you know, the, the interrogation scene, we're in hands interrogation mode. Oh, it's yeah. great. Um, <laughs> so good. So it's fine. What's, what's the mode called where he's like, he's in like it, assassination it, mode or like instant super, kill, uh, instant kill. I think it's advanced fighting it. or something. Oh, instant kill mode. And I, you know, when uh, Karen talked to me, wow, she has a pretty voice. It's Jennifer Conley. I know. I just learned that yesterday. It was great. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah. So I watched that. Uh, I got my scream factory uh, species <laughs> Blu-ray, which I haven't seen in, Fuck, twenty years. When did it come out? Ninety five. Uh, yeah, ninety four, ninety five, something like that. Uh, the movie is pretty fun. It's, I mean, it's going to be your B movie monster stuff. Uh, Natasha Henstridge is naked a lot. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't remember her being <laughs> naked as much as she is, but she's naked a lot. In the I movie. think that's the kind of the plot of the movie. Well, it is. It's she's trying to mate with people because. Because she's, she's aging really fast. And it's it's kind of like the movie Alien, only instead of face huggers, she just has sex with you. Yeah, uh, Michelle Williams plays a young version of Natasha Henstrich at the beginning, which oh, is really? interesting. Yeah, uh, huh. I mean the movie's fun. Uh, I really want to listen. The commentary has a f- commentary with Frank Mancuso Jr., who did Friday the Thirteenth, and I think he's really interesting. Did he direct that one? Uh, he he's just a producer. Oh. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, really young Alfred Molina. Um, yeah, <laughs> Michael Madsen's in it, and he tries to be cool, but I never thought he was that cool. And he's, he's like acquired taste. Yeah, I mean he's not bad at it, but and yeah. it, it's actually a lot gorier than I remember it too. So it's fun, but then it has really some really crappy CGI in it. I mean it's nineteen ninety four, yeah. ninety five, and you know it's pretty much new. Yeah. Except it's a, for Jurassic Park, but well, it's, we've I think I've, I don't remember who I've talked to this about, but it's in that 
early period where like we were talking the about, CG yeah. yeah the CGI gets good enough that they get ballsy enough that they'll show it to you yeah but it's it ages worse because they'll show it to you you know yeah HG Geiger to, uh, designed the creature so she looks Surprise. pretty cool HD Geiger HD high definition guy no. <laughs> is it HG it's, it's HG HR it's HR HR Geiger yeah. HR Geiger <laughs> Not Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. That was the Geiger. lamest game of Wheel of Fortune ever. H.D. Geiger. Wheel of Fortune oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't win $25,000. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all right. Um, and the only other thing I watched this week is I watched uh, The Maltese Falcon. Cool. Yeah. Which, I got, oh, which I got a while ago on Blu-ray, but for some reason I just haven't watched it. In- Me too. I, I, I prefer first. Whoppers, not Maltesers. <laughs> Maltesers Get are out really that good. fucking door now. <laughs> what did you think of a really good movie, Ryan? Well, I've I've seen it. I haven't seen it in a really long time, though. Mm. And what I what I love about uh, Sam Spade uh, and characters like that from Kiss Me Deadly, uh, where his, it's Hammer, uh, <laughs> I, I love the hard-boiled detective guy mm-hmm. who just smacks people around to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always talk tough. Um, I think... I love their their trench coats with the fedoras, and it's just like the setting of the whole thing is really cool. Take a swig of bourbon and go, yeah. come on, baby, we're going on a caper. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm pretty sure the first line is, uh, go ahead, sweetheart, send her in, something like that. And, <laughs> Show her in, F.A. Darling. Yeah. It's <laughs> a matter. Oh, here we go. Can't smack people around to get what you want at your job. You can't. It's a bummer. <laughs> see, see, like a minute see, ago, I watched Brad just get like like all grins, and he was excited. And I was like, "This is gonna be good." See, <laughs> see, the Maltese Falcon. The, the one of the things it's missing that makes it perfect is that it doesn't have an HR representative. <laughs> yes, that's. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, if you want to watch Bogart, just be awesome. Yes, watch the movie. I mean, it's. Oh, that, I mean, it's it, one of many where you can watch him be a badass. Yeah, it's. To me, it's. The, the high mark for film noir. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially its birth in a weird way, like in terms of like cultivating all the well, different ingredients together in yeah. one package. It's the beginning of it. Yeah, like I say, it's it's really fun. You know, it's because I, I love the where he's always a couple steps ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Whether it's uh, the fat man or. Uh, Cairo, who is, they hint is gay. And yeah, they, did you it. watch the, some of the documentaries on the uh, I haven't had a chance it? to, yeah. Watch a couple of the little, like, there's like a 30-minute one, I think, or something like that, 30, 45-minute. Um, but yeah, they allude, like, Cairo, Cairo in the book is gay, so. Well, yeah, I mean, well, when he gets beat up by uh, Sam Spade, he's wearing white gloves, and he has tickets to the theater, and all this stuff. It's, it's, he's I a mean, dandy, and he it, mentions that his shirt gets all ruffled. and Yeah, he's like, I mean, like... uh it, I, mean, oh, I love um, the thing where he keeps trying to pull the gun on Sam Spade. Mm-hmm. Keeps trying the same thing, even though he's going to get smacked again. <laughs> Wilmer tries to do it all the time, too. Yeah. Um, and um, John Huston's a really good director. Um, it's the shots that he sets up. And so a bit of a claustrophobia to the movie because well, yeah. a lot of it takes place in one room. <laughs> yeah. Like a big chunk of it. It's fine. I mean, if you, if you don't know the story of the Maltese Falcon, it's uh, – there's a Maltese Falcon that's worth lots of money, and the the dame in there is, sets up, uh, goes to see Sam Spade and Spade and Archer, of course, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> detectives, awesome. yeah, and then Archer ends up getting uh, murdered, and so Spade is trying to solve it, 
and the police think that he did it or is complicit in it because of how much the Maltese Falcon is worth. Mm-hmm. And um, and he kind of s- ends up swindling uh, people or outsmarting them, I guess is a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And I always love those. They give you like a little nibble and then Bogart will come in with a cigarette and be like, actually, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You, we need a fall guy. You're going to be the fall guy. <laughs> uh, and it's just if you want to know where every trope of that genre comes oh. from. The Maltese Falcon is it to a T. Yeah. But what makes it great is it's done in- incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, the, um, if uh, what's amazing of it is that it's a it's a remake because mm-hmm. they tried to film it twice before, and every time they did the property, it didn't work because they didn't have the right ingredients. Mm-hmm. The first one was called the Maltese Falcon, but the second time they tried it was with Betty Davis, and it was called Satan Met a Lady, and. Uh, it, it's it's a comedy version and it's terrible. It's just, there was just too much cumin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is a, there is a couple funny moments in it too. Uh, there there's this part where he goes, Spade goes sees the fat man and he gets all worked up. He's like, and you're gonna have that ready for me at five o'clock. <laughs> and he throws his like glass and he's acting all tough and he leaves and he starts laughing because he everyone like buys him being this really tough guy. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's a really good performance. Um, yeah, so that's what I watched this week. Cool. That reminded me, I saw, I rewatched To Catch a Thief again this week, which Sweet. I, I watched about every six months, and it's great. Yeah, that one's sitting on my shelf right now, too. I have to watch that one oh, on Blu-ray. I used to watch them all the time with my grandpa. Uh, AMC used to just show old movies. Oh, they yeah. didn't have anything else on it. Uh, and then they switched to more contemporary programming, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. It's not, mm. Amer- it's not American movie classics anymore. Exactly. It's now just a movie channel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> AMC. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. Zach probably remember like ten, fifteen years ago. That's oh, all yeah. that was on there. Oh yeah. Was, oh yeah. Well, I I think it's weird because like when TCM came out, it was like really really new, and AMC was like the forerunner of it, and then TCM kind of started edging them out. Yeah. Well, cause because then because the Maltese Falcon is a Warner Brothers, so yeah, eventually they, he just started buying. Oh, Turner had so much money, he just started buying all the stuff. Right. Which I'm I'm glad that it has a more centralized. Ownership. Well, he cares too, though. Yeah, Ted he does. Turner does. Care. He does care, despite his crazy Civil War movies. He cares. <laughs> yeah, and he cares about preserving it. Um, but yeah, so uh, just well, except for that one time when he wanted to put crayons on everything that was black and white. Yeah. But um, we won't talk about that. He's a nice guy. Anyway, um, but no, what they started edging him out a little bit, and that's funny. Like, if I I don't have TCM anymore at my place, but um, uh, if you look at their schedule, like uh, like. Some of the films that they're pulling from, like they're even getting Disney product in there. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're doing Disney nights with Leonard Maltin, and it's amazing. So yeah, um, I'd like them to have. Uh, I'm glad that they're actually doing a little bit more work with online streaming now, which is interesting. So next up is a segment we call Real News, where we explore movie news. It's real news. Disney's going to start putting movies out on 4K, uh, and they're going to start with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, uh, so if you're pirates too, yeah, if you're going to uh, buy a 4K TV, or if you already have, and and you're just sitting around going like, why are all my Marvel movies like slightly less? Soon they won't be. I, I, every review I read of 4K is nothing's really that amazing on it. Yeah, I don't. know. Guardians <laughs> might look great though. I'm probably going to buy one in the next year or so. Yeah, I probably will too. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go backward and buy a tube TV. 
Gross. Uh, I'll I'll sell you one okay. for sixty bucks. You think you get sixty hey, bucks, Ryan? You think I can go get a tube TV for like twenty bucks? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll sell you one for sixty bucks. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Land has got a new name. It's gonna be called Galaxy's Edge. Nice. There you go. The model looks cool. It does look cool. Yeah. It online. Yeah, man. One of the most amazing things. Maybe my favorite part of Cars Three was just watching. Like the scenes in um, in Radiator Springs, because I was like, "Holy shit, I've been there!" Yeah, because the, the 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 Radiator Springs <laughs> oh, that they Disney built in great. in uh, California Adventure is so amazing. Like, you stand there and you're like, "Holy shit, there's a mountain range here! How did they build this thing? It's unbelievable." They built it with money. Yeah, uh-huh. well, and incredibly <laughs> talented cars people. Money. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, but, it's crazy. But money too. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you have in money, the you can... bones of all the spoiled children who walk through the park. <laughs> Perverse Willy Wonka. You took out the headstones, but you didn't take out the brains. But yeah, yeah, no. uh, Star Wars Lands looks really cool. When we were there, like some of the like like the train and a couple things were actually shut down Mm. um, because of because of them building Star Wars Land, and you could see all the big cranes in the distance. It was cool. Is it all just like it looks like Naboo and Yavin? Uh, I wouldn't say it's not really Naboo. When you actually look at the models, it feels more like um, um, Moss Eisley kind of architecture. They've got without all the sand. Yes, <laughs> yeah. There's not as much sand, but the uh, the buildings look more like the Moss Eisley buildings. Like, I probably left it out because it gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Also, the chief construction engineer is named Anakin. So it's interesting because it it looks the re- part of why I say it sort of feels like Moss Eisley is that. Uh, there's a lot of like ships stocked all over the place. What's interesting from the models is like you can tell this is one of those things where all the rides are going to be underground because it feels because there's not that much room at Disneyland. Um, and the, but there's a lot of like mountains and stuff, so it seems like you know you're going to have all your ships and that'll be like where you actually stand in line and get onto the ride. Um, but they've they've done what it, at least it looks like they've done a good job of hiding all of the the actual rides from you. Um, I don't understand if it's at Disneyland. How's it going to be a wretched hive of scum and villainy? Uh, well, it, it is. You just can't drink. Oh. So, um, that, then that negates my point. <laughs> R.L. Stein's Fear Street is getting turned into a, a three-movie series. I With an interesting release strategy. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's the rest of the title. What's the release strategy, Zach? So they're going to do. They're going to film three films back-to-back, and they're going to release one a month for three months. Yeah. Oh. And see how it works. You might I, as well I think try it. I remember them doing this once before in the 40s. It's called Serials. Well, so just call it a damn serial. Uh, I think they're, they're see being... See Superman fight the atoms <laughs> exactly. this week in The Adventures of Superman. Exactly. Like, Marvel's doing it in a classy way. This just sounds like, dude, let's just do serials again. <laughs> I'm trying to check again. I think it's... Oh, uh, I think they're being written... They're being written by the guy who wrote Lights Out, which is ironic because one of the Fear Street books is called Lights Out. Anyway, that's the end of that story. Um, Kermit got fired from uh, Disney this week. To be specific, Steve Whitmer. Whitmer. Uh, I uh, I heard they fired Kermit. I heard they I heard that they don't like green people anymore. So it's not easy being green. So is Steve so... Whitmer a man or a muppet? <laughs> uh, Makes me a muppet of a man. <laughs> um, that movie's so. So good. I don't know. Like he, they, nobody's saying what is going on. Yeah. I sometimes it just happens. Yeah, but like him being fired after twenty-seven years is a little suspect. 
Um, I don't mind who they got to replace him. Matt Vogel's very talented Muppeteer, um, but Steve Whitmer's been with it since Jim died, and yeah, but the same it sucks. I, I, but it's a big. It's blow. just like you know Peyton Manning. Eventually, you're gonna get old, and you have to go. <laughs> they either My. get younger and make it better. Or... Yeah, but I kind of wish he would have been able to go out on his own terms if that was the case. But, yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things where we, we, don't, gonna fire we don't know our, what the story is. Fucking, um, Carol Spinney. He he might have been a dick and like you know punch somebody, and you go like, oh okay, well. Like when you read the Frank Darabont emails, you're like, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, he's got a mouth on him. Does Frank Oz still do Miss Piggy? No. He re- he um, he passed on the character because he wants to do what he wants to oh, do. Now. That reminds me. Uh, oh, he's something. making a documentary about the Muppets. Yes. History, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, when I was going back through the old episodes, there was that uh, kerfluffle about him being upset that the, the, the Disney Muppet movies were just a bunch of fart jokes. Remember that? Yes. That was his, like, I'm not going to see the movie because, yeah. It's just going to be fart jokes, <laughs> and then it wasn't. And it wasn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the second one was only okay, but the the the, the Muppets movie, the the Jason Segel one. Is a genuine classic. Is awesome. Uh, yeah, go see the Muppets. You know, go to, like, a friend's house because <laughs> you can't go to a theater. Uh, Impose Matt, on your friends in order uh, to see the Muppets. <laughs> Matt, Matt Reeves, who's one of our heroes of the day, maybe, depending on how we review this movie later, <laughs> um, uh, threw out the Batman script because he's like, I don't know, I want to write my own thing, which I, I generally trust Matt Reeves enough that That's I'm fine. like, okay, Half cool. Like sad now. Well, no, it's, I mean, Matt Reeves is now in charge of the movie, so well, I, I think it's all right. Whatever, whatever ideas were in those original scripts, I'm sure he can keep whatever he wants to, but at least in this case he gets to, you know, uh, so it'll be two hours long. It'll be uh, very meticulously paced, and uh, some of the main characters will be entirely CG. And then when he threw out the script, he turned to Ben Affleck and said, "Now, how do you like them apples?" Right. Boo. <laughs> uh, Quentin Tarantino's making a movie about murders. Oh, um, what what kind of murders, James? Let's be specific. That's weird. What Ma- kind of murders time. are they? <laughs> the the cultish kind. Uh, uh, let's be more specific. We can narrow uh, that down. He's making a movie uh, supposedly about the, the Manson family murders um, and is maybe talking to Margot Robbie to play Sharon Tate. Uh, I don't want to see this movie, but I guess I will. So what's what's interesting about this is that he's always gone on record and said, I don't like biopics, and I there's only one that I'd want to make. So I have a weird feeling that this might not be a direct Manson movie. I think there's going to be implications of it in the same way that he brought historical figures into stuff like Inglorious Bastards. I'm hoping that um that in an Inglorious Bastards kind of way, like it it's like it's like Charles Manson, right up until the moment that they're gonna kill Sharon Tate, and then um the cat detective from the last action hero will pop in the back door and like murder the ladies before they murder Sharon Tate, and then it'll be great. And then Margot Robbie will say an uh, animated cat just walk through the door. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll do it again tomorrow. So you guys just want Quentin Tarantino to remake Last Action Hero. Uh, no, because Last Action Hero is perfect. I watched that this week, too. Man, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course you did. It's so good. Leo DeFaul is going to pop gas one more time. <laughs> I'm sure Margot Robbie would be great at Sharon Tate. I just don't. She would. I, I've, I've heard and, and read enough about that story. Yeah, that, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if shave... his sensibilities are right for it unless he decides to make a straight film. It. It's I, it's a it I uh, I guarantee he's gonna show me stuff I don't want to see. That's possible, but I it's a it's an interesting departure. But I think he got 
infused with that enthusiasm because he was doing a lot of research on 70s cinema um, in, uh, throughout the past year and a half for a uh, specific series of interviews he was doing. I don't know. It was like yeah. discussions about 70s cinema. So what I'm thinking is, is that the film might, if I had to guess, it's going to be a little bit more about the paranoia that was going on sure. um, during the cult era because like it's not just Manson. Like There was also... But- this string of shit that happened between 67 up to 1978. But what so. you're describing is not what Quentin Tarantino is good at. Like, I mean, again, though. Because I would agree with if I were going to watch a movie about Sharon Tate or, or about the Manson family murders, what I actually want is a, a like, um, David Fincher. A David Fincher version of the days following, like, or, or of, like, the first 12 hours after the murders. And I'm like, not I want saying, a detective story about trying to catch the Manson family. And I'm not saying you're wrong on that, to, to want that, but I'm curious. But, again, Ooh. like, Quentin has a lot of different things he talks about. Sure. And so, like, I will see what happens. Because he was also talking about doing a 30s Australian gangster movie for a while. That sounds more like something I would want from Quentin Tarantino. Right. So, like, Or yeah. maybe he'll make Hateful Eight 2 Cruise Control, which is what <laughs> I want to see. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cowboys kill each other on a cruise ship. Anyway, that's news. Unless I miss something. Well, when I wasn't listening to Brad when he was talking, it's because I got an alert on my phone that they debuted... Uh, Avengers Infinity War footage at D23. And they won't give it to us. And yeah, they're not going to release it. it And and, uh, they're saying that uh, Spider-Man has his like upgraded costume in it. Oh, the one from the end of the movie? Mm -hmm. But, was that that was very like 24 or, you know, 2148 or 2099, whatever it's called. Yeah. Well, Iron Spider is what I call it. Oh, you're right. It is more Iron Spider. You're right. Sorry. Go ahead, Uh, Brad. I I forgot I was listening to, but someone said that like it seems like Iron Spider, but it seems more like the. Miles Morales costume? No, because that one's black. Yeah, that one's black and red. Yeah, well, that, that's what this one was. No, it was like red and gold and black. Yeah. In the movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I only saw red and tie-dye. black. <laughs> yeah, to me, it, to me it looked more... You're right. When you said Iron Spider, I was like, oh yeah, it looks more Iron Spider than it looks... Yeah, because it's metallic and everything. Yeah. I just I just thought it looked so like techy. That to me, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like the future Spider-Man one," but yeah, but he'll probably right. need it for fighting Thanos. And I was reading, like, oh, I guess you're right. They're, they're describing what, there's a part in the footage where Thanos like wears the Infinity Gauntlet and breaks down a piece of the moon for everybody to fight on, like some planet's moon. What like, the whoa. fuck? <laughs> All what right. The fuck? Oh my goodness! Wow. That okay. This is gonna get weird. Yep. And Ooh. awesome. Well, they brought oh. up the it being Miles Morales' suit because it would. Like, they could conceivably do, like, if Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to continue, like, maybe uh, Tony Stark wants Spider-Man to, like, replace him Mm. somehow. Um, And then Miles Morales can fill the void of Spider-Man while Peter Parker is actually Iron Man in these movies. Sorry. I I just had a different thought, which is, like, they should keep Liz... From Spider-Man around, and she should be the new Iron Man from like that from the one in the books, because her dad is the Vulture and is like a tinkerer guy, and she's you know smart. So by the time she gets to college, like she could be super smart and inspired by Peter Parker, you know, but also haunted by her father, the past of her father. And you'd mm-hmm. be like, hey, that would that that oh man, hire me, give me a job. I feel like the Vulture might turn into an antihero. I like, do too. 
Because yeah, he we'll doesn't, see. he doesn't, you know, well, spoilers, he's still alive. Uh, he has a code, so. Yeah, he doesn't tell the Scorpion. I think Aquaman's going to defeat Thanos. <laughs> That's just my guess. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> we'll see, they'll have to work something out, because I know Keaton only signed on for one movie, so. Uh, yeah, if I'm Marvel, I'm throwing a lot of money at him. Let's see. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw War for the Planet of the Apes. Brad, should people see War for the Planet of the Apes? Um, unfortunately, I have to recuse myself from this <gasps> review because I went and saw it, but I fell asleep at many points. <laughs> Part of that was I did find some of it boring. Sure. Um, but it was literally, I just, my body just shut down. So oh. it's, it wouldn't be fair for me to actually like, other than the stuff I did see, it, it jumped around and I didn't, like, I suddenly saw like, well, where'd that character come from? But I also <laughs> didn't care that much to find out i was just <laughs> so gonna, i'll find out through you guys but yeah i was just gonna say like this is it's sort of an adventure like a going from here to there and we pick up characters along the way kind of movie so yeah. i can just imagine you waking up and being like there's new monkeys in this yep. movie <laughs> um yeah i i'm probably shouldn't say it right now but there's a point at the end where i was like i didn't know that character even died in the beginning um <laughs> and i did watch the beginning i, I watched the ending like the big finale like i stayed awake through but it sure. was the middle where i was just like where this person come from? Mm-hmm. Why is this p- character doing anything? Uh, why are they in this jail? I don't, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> what happened? Oh, that's so, funny. I'll find out soon yeah. here. Zach? Should people go ape this weekend? Yes. Ugh. Oh, God, you ran that one in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, I love it. Um, I So I, I've, I've loved these um, uh, reboots of the ape series because they <coughs> brought back the 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 kind of social criticism um, uh, or social commentary, I should say to the series, which was very much not existent in Tim Burton's remake. This one, I'm not sure yet if it's better than Dawn, but there are a lot of arguments I could make for it being the best of them all of all the reboots so far. But uh, yeah, you should absolutely go see it. And Andy Serkis deserves a gold statue on his mantle. James, I don't. Sorry, I also like to add that the CGI is phenomenal. Yeah, like oh, shit. the the parts I was really paying attention to, like all I could think was like how realistic these monkeys look. Uh, it's in it's insane. Oh yeah, it's <sighs> James. Uh, yeah. Uh, first thing is I would say this: if you, a if you like the other monkey movies, you should go see this one. Apes. Um, if you, th- this is also the monkeys look so good. It's Apes. almost worth seeing the movie just to see the monkeys. Apes. Because they're just unbelievable. I was mesmerized just like watching their facial expressions. And oh, Did you keep God. on trying to see if you could see like uh, grain like... or like, you know, oh, yeah. something? Yeah. But no. Or, well, or like like when the when the monkeys are in the in the sewers and the and the water is like reflecting up on their faces. And I'm just like, holy. And their eyes crap. feel like they have life behind them. Yes. Unlike, you know, those Zemeckis CGI things. Oh, the, no. Yeah. Like, this is unbelievable and i'm sure in a couple of years it'll 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 age a little bit but i mean just watching it all, the whole time i was amazed by it so it looks it's like almost actors and makeup but it's yeah. not yeah. yeah um so it's definitely better visually than those last two i would say i i think i had more fun with dawn um i did have a moment in this movie where um i, I was watching it and i was like man this is a really well told story and i i i they, they're they're doing some great stuff here and these characters are built really well and I, all of this is just firing on all cylinders and I just kind of don't care because they're monkeys. 
Um, which is so un like I don't know why that is, but it, it just at some point you know I just had this moment where I was like, man, I feel emotionally unplugged for some reason, and I just can't put my finger on. Um, that being said, like yeah, I, I think it's pretty good. I think if you do tend to like these, you should definitely check it out. Um, there was just some kind of emotional wall for me, but I, I think they they did a you know a, a a pretty good job, and I think the action scenes can be pretty cool. So, um, a tough one to to review, but um, but yeah, pretty decent. So. Uh, yeah, I think you yeah, definitely should, if you, especially if you like the other ones. I think the progression yeah. of the films is pretty amazing because uh, you, this is Caesar's journey. Mm-hmm. And to see where he started with uh, James Franco and then where he gets to at dawn, because this movie even, you know, touches on his his decision in dawn to get rid of Koba. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's amazing. And, you know, the, the special effects, you just there's parts when, you know, they get water on them and you're like, this is unbelievable that they're able to pull this off because when you even watch the first one, the rise, yeah. you watch it now. You're like, Oh yeah. It doesn't look quite like because he's wearing like a t-shirt and stuff. Yeah. And you, you know why they the seems. Yeah. And why you do that is because they don't want to animate all the hair, but you watch it now. And you're like, Holy cow. I don't know how they can make it better. Um, because deal with the devil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's so uh, good. Uh, but no, I think this movie was pretty spectacular. Uh, it's, it has a lot of weight to it. You, you mm-hmm. do have to see the other ones, I think, because there is some backstory there. Yeah. You you kind of have to know Caesar's motivation a lot. Yeah. And while they do, they actually, I think that the crawl was really cool, um, where oh. they they incorporated the titles of the films. I really into, hated that. Did you? I did. I couldn't help it. I appreciated it. I thought it was so, so cheesy. I'm split it in the middle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. Here's the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes. Is child. I don't know. But she was you. She has no one else. We are not savages. Apes fight only to survive. Bad human kill ape. All, all dead now. A long time. Long time. Bad humans. Soldier. Years from now, your children will ask you, what did you do in the greatest war? And you can tell them, I fought to protect this world. We created them. But now, We will bring an end to their kind. No mercy, no peace. This is war. Apes together strong. You are impressive. You're smart as hell. You're stronger than we are. But you're taking this all much too personally. So emotional! I did not start this war. 
So <laughs> I um I I even have an argument that this is amongst if we're going to talk about every Planet of the Apes movie made except for no. Burton's bio, garbage pile. <laughs> Oh, you mean um, Marky Mark meets the monkey people? Yeah, Monkey Marky Mark meets the monkey people, or Tim Roth goes bananas. Um, <laughs> Boo! No, <laughs> there's a scene where he goes bananas. I know. Um, but um, I found it on par with the story in terms of the storytelling level with the first one that came out in '68 because I still think that the one from '68 is a very strong story, um, and this one is even deeper than any of the original films ever accomplished and much deeper than, uh, I think rise and dawn cover because of it's tackling a bunch of different issues. Um, from, uh, obviously the class warfare all the way down to like freaking like the Holy war, which is a subject that was tackled in the second original planet of the apes movie, which is the worst of them all. Mm -hmm. Um, so to bring back the Holy war and make it legitimate, was very impressive. Um, but I think that what I love most about this film is that we spend a lot more time Unlike the first two films. We kind of had to split evenly our attention between humans and apes. And this one is primarily the apes and it's strong storytelling in that regard because you have to Caesar's the only one really talking up until we get to bad ape and then eventually Maurice but the rest of it's in sign language. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting storytelling. And then we get to like we don't get to Woody Harrelson until like an hour and fifteen minutes in this movie. Yeah, the movie we only get him for about like thirty forty five minutes. The movie's basically Happy Feet with monkeys. No, because like the, no, that, that, all, that's of, all of your main characters are no. I just mean in that like it's it's almost like it's an animated movie because all of your main characters are monkeys through the whole thing. Like yes, you have the young the little girl, but like she, she doesn't talk. Uh, but no, though she she was the point where I realized like, oh, I'm actually less emotionally connected to these guys because like the scene when the um, when Luca dies and she gets really sad. And I was like, I actually was more emotionally impacted by her being sad than I was anything else. Um, and I'm not sure, you know, quite what that was. You just a, you just have a thing against monkeys. Is this an okay? Game, but... Is this an okay time for me to ask where did that girl come from? <laughs> yeah. So so they. Um, on their adventuring through the whole planet, it seems because probably it, should explain it suddenly, why Northern so they, California. Yeah, they so they they, <laughs> they they go into the snow level, and when they get to the snow level, <laughs> they find this small like town, um, and there's a there's like a guy there with a bundle of wood, um, and he's like, oh, he he sees them, and he's like, uh oh, and he's like, oh, I'm uh, I'm just gonna put this wood down. And he goes to put the wood down, and then he's like, "But I got a gun!" So he he goes to try and shoot him, and then uh, he doesn't really say this stuff. No, he <laughs> I'm I'm enacting it for an audio podcast. So he's he's I'm like, "I in. got a gun!" Uh, and Caesar just fucking blasts him with a shotgun, and you're like, "Whoa!" Um, and then as they're touring the house, um, Maurice finds the little girl. Well, they all find the little girl, but Maurice like actually gives a damn um, and sort of befriends her, uh, and she can't talk for reasons that we find out later. Um, wait, why can't she talk? Okay, okay, so what happens in this movie? <laughs> so, spoilers for I this movie. That's a cute choice, but okay. No! Here's the reason why. Well, at first, no, it, this is what's kind of cool about it is, yeah, you think it's just kind of a cute choice, like, that maybe she, because you've seen other movies where, like, you find a little girl and, like, she's haunted by what she's seen and so she can't talk, right? And so you kind of think it's just that old trope again. Um, yeah. and, and then, then her old, like, older doppelganger, like, 
is trying to communicate with her and then uh you know he gets really frustrated when she finally speaks up because she could talk all time exactly yes yes and then but she only speaks in spanish and then she yells at him in the truck and (laughs) yeah it's all of that guys are we talking about logan or war of planet of the apes right or spanglish (laughs) or spanglish (laughs) um so the uh what we end up finding out is that like it seems like maybe the virus from the first movie is evolving and what it's, you know, some people, when I got they that catch part. It, yeah. Some people, Through when they Woody catch Harrelson. it there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that, that evolution, she has whatever virus where like oh. she has de-evolved a little bit and can't remember how to talk, but she still has like some personality, you know? So she's trying to figure out like, what is she in this new world? Basically she's becoming the humans from the original planet of the apes where like they're, they're savage and they can't talk anymore and they just run around partially, you know, partially because they're, you know, uh, but whatever. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, so that's what it is. That clears that up. Yeah. But a a really smart, I mean, from a screenwriting point of view, like I thought that was a really cool play where you take this trope we've seen a lot before, uh, and then kind of put it on its head because it became a cool mystery where, like, when they found... Did you see the scene where they found the bodies and those people woke up? So there's a scene yeah, where they find... The, yes. the three guys they shot yes. in the snow. Yeah. yeah. So one of them wakes up and, and can't talk. And, like, that's the first moment where you're like, oh, there's, like, a mystery. We're on a we're <laughs> oh, on some kind of a caper. he was choking out his own blood. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he but, was, like, doing weird things. And one of them, I think Maurice says, like, hey, he's, he's mute like she is. Yeah, there's a... Uh, so... Well, a cool moment in this movie is Woody Harrelson, when you first kind of see him, he's this cartoony leader of the humans. And of, then of a cartoony bang, band of, of soldier people. Yeah. But then they have that great scene with Caesar uh, in his war room where he's talking about why he the way the, he's the way he is and talking about mercy. Yeah. And. Caesar tells him, he's, yeah, he says, you know, I let your guys go to show you mercy. You don't show any mercy. And he, then he talks about how he killed his son because his son was devolving because of that virus. It's, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a little exposition heavy, but but pretty but, cool. Yeah, I, I was thinking that as I was watching it. I kind of disagree because I think it, you need that scene in this, the exactly. movie because... Yeah. You absolutely... I mean... Anytime there's a scene with a lot of exposition, you need it there. That's why it's there. I think but I agree. It's a cool character piece, but it, I feel like it, it goes for a while. It, it's just rough. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, this is really cool. But at the same time, like, it comes across as like, hey, I'm going to explain the whole movie to you. Uh, I disagree. Because one, as I said before, we spent an hour and 15 minutes with just Caesar and his fa- friends. Yeah. And we only have a glimpse of the colonel up right. until that point. So we... I'm not saying playing catch up is okay, but in this case, it worked for me. Sure. Is that, yeah. yeah, I think you have to understand his motivation. I agree. Um, and I, I mean, they even have, I forget what Ape, I think maybe uh, what Ape had the line where he says, in his eyes, it's like crazy. You know, yeah. there's no humanity there. Yeah. And it's it, pretty cool. So, other than he's upset that the virus devolved his son and he had to shoot him, like, why is. He like this colonel who's got like this resistance cell and he's fighting other humans. So and he's, he's keeping apes. He's got um, he's the guy that you've seen in other movies where like he's going crazy and he's decided that like the only the only way to fight this virus and to keep humanity safe is to murder all the humans who have it. And the other like the main human coalition is like, no, we think we can cure these people. So 
you know, so be, he's he's murdering, you know, innocent humans who are who have caught this virus uh, in order to protect himself and his people. And the main humans don't like that, which I think they're Marines, aren't they? I don't know. I no, feel like I, I feel like a lot of a, the structure has gone out the window. Yeah, I think it's point. just a band of. Yeah, because they had like a lot of Greek symbology on there. and whatnot. They did. But I think yeah, it's but... more of he's the crazy guy. Yeah. And then the people up north are the ones who have the superior weapons. And that's mm-hmm. why he's having the monkeys build the wall. And they have Apes. a factory that makes stormtrooper outfits or like or like at least winter gear. Because that was weird. Like they all show up at the end and I'm like, man, they're all dressed the same. This, this, there's like a good military force here. Mm-hmm. And then they crash the mountain. Um, and so so he's keeping he's kidnapping apes to build a wall to per, like well, insulate them. So he it's no, a he double-edged comes, sword here. <laughs> yeah, he comes across the apes and is like and and has the opportunity to capture them and so he decides to capture them while while Caesar is off on his adventure trying to to catch the guy. Um, think of it like a triangle. Like, so Caesar goes over here to try and find the guy, and yeah, while and, he's and Caesar going... goes off to kill him, right? Because right. Mm-hmm. he killed his but by the time wife and kid, right? Yeah. So by the time Caesar has tracked down where That's Woody the Harrelson part at the is, end where I was like, he killed his wife. I didn't even, like. I oh yeah, that was the beginning the of the mo- movie. It's actually like the first it's action. The whole scene of, the motivation the, of the, the second movie. action scene of the no, movie. No, like I got that. Like he killed his kid, but like when, at the end of the movie when he says like you killed my wife, I'm like I didn't. Yeah, there were two bodies there. Wasn't just one. Yeah, well, it's so dark, and they all look the same. So, <laughs> wow, wow! Another great reason so why now I love all that. Monkeys look the same. Huh? <laughs> I love, I love that political commentary has come back to the Planet of the Apes series. Um, no, actually, I actually would disagree because I think I could tell all the monkeys apart really well. Like, they oh did yeah, a good job of. Like, there is a way to do it. Yeah. Brad's just being uh, specious. I also have to sleep, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got the Maurice one and the donkey one and so Caesar like he, he and then the little like crazy one with the the puffy coat bad monkey bad ape that's literally his name <laughs> so, okay yeah his little his, name is his, bad monkey his name is bad ape so is that he, a famous guy yeah, like it's Steve Zahn okay yeah I was amazed yeah. I was it took me like the half the movie part, yeah. and I was like, oh you were probably asleep no actually I just I jumped on my <laughs> I just, phone and I, missed I just it. left <laughs> sorry um. He, uh, it took me like half the movie. And I was like, "Fuck, I know this name, this this voice, but it's been so long since I saw Steve Zahn in anything um, that finally there was something like he moved in mm-hmm. a certain way, and I was like, Sahara." <laughs> um, of all the things you could yeah. pull out, <laughs> where, where where was I? Oh, I was playing songs on my guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, he's, uh, he's in the Great Buck Howard. He's pretty good in that. Oh yeah, he's a limo driver. Oh cool. I'm just <laughs> glad he's still working because I see him so rarely, but. Um. Yeah, and then so so he attacks Caesar in the first place because because he wants to kill Caesar because Caesar is like the 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 the, the catalyst the, for the Churchill of apes. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, if I kill the king, if I cut off the snake's head, then it'll be much easier for me to kill all the apes, which is kind of true because when he randomly comes across the apes later, he is easily able to capture them, and then he's like, hey, you're monkeys, you'll be great at building walls. And I need a big wall because all the humans are going to come kill me. I wonder how that logic came about. It was it was one weird thing. It was just like, hmm, monkeys? I need to build a well, wall. He just <laughs> he needed a workforce. And so he wanted to build a big wall to protect himself from the army. Um, and so that's why he enslaved them. So is that uh, how Trump's going to build his wall? And then basically the whole second half of the movie is, is just the last castle, uh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, that scene with uh, since we're in spoiler territory, where uh, 
<laughs> the twist is is that Woody Harrelson contracts the same disease that the little girl has. Well, because of the irony. She brings the doll. Yeah, that was a really cool scene when, oh, like, when she's, she's she just decides like I'm walking in there. Yeah, like that was really cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, Woody Harrelson contracts the same disease thanks to the doll, and he, I like it because most of the movie is kind of Caesar in Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah, but instead of killing Bill, <laughs> um, uh, Caesar's like, nah, I'm gonna show you mercy because I know what mercy actually is. Well, I I don't even know that. It's, That's what it, I got from because it's silent. It, there's no dialogue in that scene. No, I I think it comes across to, at least to me it. it it wasn't even like, oh, if I don't kill you, it's 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 really me punishing you even more. Mm-hmm. I think the the real arc of him in this movie, and it it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing that 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 we're even talking about the idea that like this character can have such a great arc, but it, the CG is that good and the performances are that good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he goes on this like trek to go kill this guy because he's angry and it's vengeance and stuff, mm-hmm. and nothing but bad things happen as a result. Like he loses some of his friends and all of his people, like he's supposed to have been the leader. And rather than looking out for his tribe, he, he ends up choosing this vengeance thing. Yeah. Right. And so he has to get to that point where he kind of goes like, Oh, you're not worth this. And, and, and in that moment, what he realizes is like, actually I am the more evolved person than you are. And to be the more evolved person, I have to let this go. Um, mm-hmm. which is a really cool oh, man on its face. It's like, it's why I wish I loved this movie. Cause like from a script, writer, a script point of view, like that's such a cool theme to be, to bring this movie to a place where here's this character who's realizing that he's, he's not even the victim because he is the more civilized, um, and that he's evolving beyond what they're like. You know, he can see the writing on the wall and go like, oh, okay, this is where I'm taking the future. By the um, way, if it's you cool. want to love this movie, it's very simple. Just do it. My my point was like, <laughs> like I just didn't emotionally connect, even in the way that I feel like I did with Dawn. Like I loved that that conflict in Dawn between him and Koba. Uh, like I thought that was so cool. They're animals. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Andy Circus is really great. He's great. Yeah, it's almost. It's like, not his fault. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that his progression, you know, from his one little line at the end of Rise. To Don, where he's starting to put things together and being able to talk, and this one where he's fully articulated and yeah, he's, he's just he's just like talking about shit and tweeting, mm-hmm. it's totally a, tweeting. Yeah, it's almost like we should. Someone. It's almost like we should give him a gold statue to make a statement about CG yeah, characters and how they are just as good as regular people. The gold statues don't matter, man. Um, it, they don't. They, they don't kind matter. of do in order to set a set an no, example. <laughs> they don't matter. It's an appearance thing. Yeah, in my heart. He's he's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart means shit. <laughs> <laughs> he kinda... uh, next week, where are we going? Um, to business town? No. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <gasps> back to the future? Ah, Wait, there's uh, another back to the future? Uh, we're going to Dunkirk. <gasps> oh, okay. Ah. I thought, I, I thought you were going to say Donk City, New Donk City. No. Nope. Can we go to New Donk City? Sure. Awesome. I'm so excited for New Donk uh, City. Next week on Real Nurse Podcast, we'll be seeing uh, Dunkirk. Cool. Which hey. looks really great. It's uh, it's in thirty five millimeter. If you go to the Littleton Alamo, yeah, and, and seventy millimeter, um, other is, places. Is it at the Colorado? Yeah, it is at the Regal. Yeah, uh, it, I I don't know if they're I doing. An, I don't know if they're doing an IMAX DCP or not, but well, cool. 
theoretically they should have the print because uh, Colorado Center Z, uh, still has their film projector. Just don't like to use it because it's Regal and they suck. Yeah. Fuck Regal. Is this yeah, is this Nolan's first movie since Dark Knight Rises? No, Interstellar. No, Interstellar. Interstellar. Yeah. Can't remember. AKA Matthew McConaughey in space. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> James's movie. You think Matthew McConaughey will show up as the American who saves all of the people in New York? <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be really all right, good. All right, all right. Let's rescue these guys. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's here just to save the day. Like, I'm like here a to fleet save your of American battleships. No, it needs to be in a, like a fighter jet. Yeah, it's like he, he's playing FDR and he starts throwing <laughs> wheelchairs at the Nazis. He just says. A plethora of wheelchairs. Yes, he's got a cannon that shoots wheelchairs. It's like maybe we push these soldiers through this bookcase. We can defy the law, (laughs) (laughs) physics, time and space. Today is a day that we'll live in five dimensions. It's funny. There's a a thing online where I say Dunkirk is only an hour and forty minutes long. Oh wow. I think it's it's the shortest movie. It's interesting because I think that'll give you an idea of how the pacing of the film is going to work. Because I think it's yeah. Not real time, but like it's day in the life of like it, it's trying yeah. to be as like time accurate as possible. I, I don't, yeah. He's gonna, it, it he's gonna start you. He's gonna start be. you in the shit, and fifteen minutes in, you're gonna be like, okay, I know the problem. How do we get these guys out of here? <laughs> I mean, if you, you, if you tell a story in that amount of time, I think yeah. you should tell it. You don't have to make a movie long. It's just interesting that yeah, you're right. I think it's the shortest movie he's made since what, like Batman Begins, probably. Oh, I think Batman Maybe Begins following. is... Is it even following? It would be following is the shortest. Yeah, I can't imagine that Batman Begins is more than two and a half hours. No, I think hours. Hours. It's it's two, hours. two hours. Two hours and, and ten 15 minutes. or something. Oh, okay, yeah, but still, around there. Yeah. Which is a good length movie. Like, that's yeah. solid. What you don't know is that when you see Dunkirk, um, they say, please stay seated, and then he tells the whole story backwards. So... Mm. And, so uh, it's them. And, on, so it's actually at Dunkirk and Dunkirk. Yeah, these guys it's actually rec- rescued. Let's let's retrace our steps. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Resident Evil Apocalypse. Or no, which one is that one? Oh, uh, whatever for it. Afterlife. Afterlife. Or no. it rewinds. No, it's the one after Afterlife. Because like, Afterlife ends on the boat, and yeah, then it's, it's whichever one comes. God, those movies. Are, Retribution. Retribution. I, yeah. I was going more for a Memento reference, but okay. Sure. We have our, we have our own ways yeah. we go about in our brain. Oh, that's why that joke was supposed to be funny. Mm. <laughs> be right. funnier if you were smarter. But anyway. <laughs> cool. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.